Hello and welcome to Lore Dump, the show where we take someone who hasn't played a game and walk them through the full story. My name is Monty Zander and I'm joined by Chase. Hello, I'm not awake yet. <laughs> and Neil. Yeah, energy. <laughs> energy. Uh, we are excited, because, well I'm excited and Chase is excited because we are not in the chair for the first time ever. Ever, in fact, it's the first time I've ever not been in the chair. Oh, sorry, for me, it's the first time you've ever not. Been no, you're right. Okay, but it's the first time that. Okay, I'm, it's, I'm pretty it's sure my first time in the chair. It's this, <laughs> the boy. You might say our cow boy. Oh. How, about, how about we say cow bay? Cow bay. Oh. Well, I hear that we're talking about cowboys today, which aren't as cool as ninjas, which we've covered before, and not as cool as definitely not as cool as the best one, which is pirates. I can't believe we're already onto this. We haven't talked I, about pirates yet on I, this I, show. I think you're forgetting about the coolest, 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 coolest people in robes. Dark, spooky robes. Not real people. They weren't real people. <laughs> it's a time for a few firsts today, really, because I'm in the chair. Um, no idea how this is going to go. And for anyone who's probably read the title of this video, I'd imagine you have, um, we are starting with the second game in a series. Yep. Fans of the series will understand this unorthodox decision. Um, I don't. We are expecting to, to get some backlash. Please feel free to let us have it. Um, Chase, what, what, what do you know about... What, what do you feel about cowboys? What do I feel about cowboys? Yeah. Indifference. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't dislike cowboys. I just have no strong like for cowboys. You are American. I don't. Yeah, yeah. But like I the old like, West. I feel like when you put the two side by side of like cowboys and pirates, where they're like very much almost the same thing, but like one's water based and one's land based. One's cool. Leaning towards pirates every day. <laughs> um, cowboys are there. I've seen so many Western flicks because I am American, and they're fine. Well, we're going to see what we can do about that indifference today. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's time for Red Dead 2. Can you explain why we're doing yeah, Red Dead absolutely. 2 first? So, Technically, there are three games vaguely in this series. So Red Dead Revolver oh. um, was the first back in the early, mid-2000s. Um, and was it an all right game for the time? It wasn't a kind of big open world story like these ones. And it isn't connected. There are some, like, loose references, you know, like gravestones you can find with characters' names on them and stuff. Okay. But it's not really part of the series. Red Dead Redemption 1 was released in 2010. Sure. And was a kind of smash hit for Rockstar, considered kind of one of the early great movie game kind of style pre-Last of Us mm -hmm. uh, games of its type. Um, and Red Dead 2 was released in 2018, long-awaited, um, and is set before the first game. Ah. Which is why we're doing it this way. I see. Um, and also, this is just my desperate attempt to get you to, to care, because this one <laughs> is this this one is all or nothing, really. I see. Yeah, yeah, to back that up. So, so you know nothing about Red Dead Redemption, Chase? Not really, no. I have played Red Dead 2, Red Dead 1, I haven't played Revolver, and I've played 20 minutes of Undead Nightmare for a giggle, and the the story is fantastic. I know some people think it's a bit dry and stuff, and it's very long, 
Um, so we'll see how, well, this, how long this episode ends up being. Um, <laughs> Apologies if this is a two-parter. We, we have like two very basic rules on the show, which is number one, one of us has to have not played or know much about one of the games we're covering. And the second is that normally we like to do them in release order. We're breaking one of those rules yeah, today for the first time ever. Other, other bits of housekeeping for anyone joining us for the first time or for the first time in a while. Um, we will be drinking adult juice yes, while we, we are recording. Due to YouTube guidelines, we are not recommended to describe well, uh, what kind of adult juice. Yes, I know you're drinking not, water right we're not now. Quite you there yet. Blatant pedant. In a lovely flowery cup. Thank you. It's cute. Other housekeeping. <laughs> we have a Discord. Woo-woo. We now have a Discord. As well as, please, like this, please subscribe to us. We always forget to say that. Um, we now have a Discord with several hundred lovely people in there. Several hundred? Yeah. Two, 250. Oh, well, that wasn't, That's just, a lot of people. People will know. Yeah, I'm bumping it. But by the time they subscribe, it will be... Come on, man. Um, there are a couple of hundred lovely people in there and everyone's making friends and they're talking about games and wrestling and movies and it's yes. a very it's a very happy happy place. So please feel free. So Red Dead Redemption is a very serious game, right? It's a seri- it, it's definitely a departure for us because it's the least wacky, it's the least uh, spooky apart from a couple of weird little bits. No um, keyblades. It's no keyblades. No ghosts. It's it's funny. It's funny. Like the characters are funny and well written. Um, but yeah, this is a this is a, a, a Western epic, and there's a little bit of like Shakespearean stuff to it as well. Ooh, okay. And uh, I'm not going into analysis, Christ. <laughs> right, okay. but, uh, <laughs> we'll we'll save that for your main channel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think we are? Took me long enough to do the PowerPoint. So. Shall we begin? Yes, I'm excited. I'm hyped. Yee-haw, boys. Yee-haw. <laughs> Yee-haw. Intro. And I'm going to try and keep my voices to a minimum, but they will pop out sometimes. Yes. I have been known to do a Dutch. Um, <laughs> intro. Is that a sex move? <laughs> I thought it sounded like going to the toilet, actually. Um, intro. By 1899, the age of outlaws and gunslingers was at an end. America was becoming a land of laws. Even the West had mostly been tamed. A few gangs still roamed, but they were being hunted down and destroyed. Very epic. I like this. This is your style, is it? This is good. I like this. We open in the woods at night. A vicious snowstorm is raging over the mountain. A wagon appears from the blizzard. A ragged train of horses and wagons follows. A very ginger man with a handlebar moustache walks to the head of the train to yell at the driver. Abigail says he's dying, Dutch. We have to stop. Dutch replies that Arthur's been sent ahead to look. This is Dutch. This is Dutch Vanderland, who is the head of our gang. With a majestic moustache. Oh, there are some classy moustaches in this game. He says that Arthur's been sent ahead to look. An older man next to Dutch tells him if they don't stop soon, they will all be dying. He just hopes the law has got as lost as they did. A handsome cowboy (laughs) appears from up ahead. This is Arthur Morgan, our main character, who we will be playing as for the duration of this game. He's found something, shelter, in the form of an abandoned mining town. It's somewhere for Davy to rest while, while he, you know, dies. <laughs> so, sorry, Davy's the guy that's dying? Davy's dying. Okay. So are they not trying to make him not die? Or are they just... We're, like, we're up a mountain. We're going to let you calmly we're, die. We're, we're up a mountain in, in, like, 1899. There's, you know, there's not... When someone's been shot, they've been shot. That's uh, can I, I, shockingly I, more recent than I expected it to be. <laughs> we don't even see Davy. He was a, he's a member of our gang. 
who something terribly are we gangsters something, something terrible has gone we are outlaws we are an ah. outlaw gang written titan outlaws arthur morgan what, what you're showing us on screen right now is arthur morgan he's got like a rope tied around his cowboy yeah. hat he's got like a blue shirt he's yeah. looking a little bit grizzled and a little bit yeah. scarred but he's all right he's quite he's, he's as fresh faced as you would imagine a he's, cowboy he's yeah. giving me Definitely. indiana jones yeah <laughs> yeah why not but the thing about arthur morgan is when you're playing you can customize him right oh, so sure. my question for you is what yeah. sort of arthur morgan are we getting are we getting wild man we, arthur we, 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 we'll touch briefly on my arthur and we'll kind of come on to okay. that in a minute on on who my arthur is and sometimes what he looks like chase for your for your kind of knowledge one of the things why it immediately got another star for me this game um there are tens of thousands of possible clothing customization a million different hats Fantastic. also arthur's hair and beard and mustache all grows as you play and you can go to a barber's to cut it in numerous different styles oh. and also your horse's testicles shrink in the winter yes it's a very realistic i'm sorry what if yes. you go to a cold place uh, your horse's balls will shrink i would also like to point out that this game had some serious crunch <laughs> issues <laughs> real crunch uh Horse testicles, baby. Yeah. Priorities. <laughs> we fade into our title. I'm more, I'm more not about the fact that they thought to include horse testicles full stop. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's very lifelike, though, isn't it? It's oh, it's, it's incredible. It's, uh, yeah, we'll cover some of the kind of me mechanics. Um, we fade into our title. Chapter one, Coulter. As the gang head into the buildings in the abandoned town, we meet Miss Grimshaw. She's clearly in charge of organising the troops and instructs the other women to light a fire, gather blankets and tells Mr. Pearson to organise food. Sorry, women get to work. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, yeah. Miss Grimshaw, Miss Grimshaw is essentially like the kind of gruff, we'll meet her later, but she's uh, the kind of gruff matron of the group. She's in charge of setting everything up when they reach a new place and sort of keeping all the other workers in line. And uh, we'll meet Mr. Pearson, who's the camp cook. The gang realize that Davy has died. Oh. Well, sounds like they don't need to hang around anymore. They can, they can go. Dutch rallies the gang round him. He knows they've lost people. Davy and Jenny. Sean and Mac might be alive, but they've lost some folks. If he could throw himself in the ground in their place, he would. But for now, they're safe. We've been through worse than this before. All of you, all of you, get yourselves warm. Stay strong. Stay with me. We aren't done yet. So Dutch really is like the leader. Oh yeah, yeah. For, this is like, Dutch's. This is this is the du Dutch. This is the Dutch Vanderlyn gang. Um, he's a very charismatic leader, and they all follow him without question. Cool. Um, and he is. He's very charming. He's very. He's a very good talker. Mm. Um, Arthur pulls Dutch to one side and asks privately, "What really happened back there on that boat?" Dutch replies, "We missed you. That's what happened." The the gang have just done a job. Arthur wasn't there for it. Um, it went wrong. They do split up, and as you know from playing it, when they're doing jobs, you know, robbing banks and trains, as we'll get onto later, sometimes it's like a little group of them that does it, so mm. Arthur wasn't there on that one. Uh. Arthur, it's clear as we go forward, is, uh, in terms of muscle, Dutch's right-hand man. He's not the, the second leader or anything, but he's his sort of longest-serving disciple, um, almost, and he's his he's sort of top gunslinger. Mm. So they ride out together, Dutch and Arthur, to look for food. While alone, Dutch tells Arthur that he's the only one he can really rely on to stay strong right now. Oofed. Arthur says, what about the money? Dutch says, it's stashed in town. It'll be safe for now. Another rider emerges from the dark. Who goes there? Another member of our gang, Micah Bell, is revealed. Gentlemen, he's found a homestead up ahead. Sounds like there's a party. Ooh. The three men head out to investigate. Arthur asks Micah if he's seen John. He says he hasn't. Arthur says things always turn out right for that boy. 
Arthur confronts Micah for his crazy behaviour back there. Mike acknowledges they lost a few folk, but that's just how it goes sometimes. Wait, what did he do? Just go and shoot him? I just went and blasted him. Pretty much, pretty much. He went Frank Reynolds on it. Arthur said, I'm glad you're feeling so good about it. Arthur and Micah, not really getting on very well. Um, Bit of friction there. Uh, He clearly sees Micah as a bit of a crazy. And also, Micah's a relatively new addition to the gang, like six, seven months maybe. Oh, okay. So, So how long have they been together as a gang? Oh, We'll kind of get on to some of this. Arthur has been with them since he was 13, 14. Oh. And he's now like 30. I feel like, is it, is it a kind of, it's kind of just a revolving door of people well, it, into this it, gang? It's a, it's a family to, for a lot of people. People have been there their whole adult lives. Um, it's a very kind of found family situation. But yeah, some people come and go. Charles, who we're going to meet uh, soon, has been there sort of six months as well. So yeah, new, some new people go, come and go. Um, but there's a core group. Any of these new there. people. I don't trust them. <laughs> They're definitely our villains. To go back to Micah, he's quite... You've shown us pictures of Dutch, Arthur, and now Micah. Micah is definitely the ugliest of the three. <laughs> he is quite so, a ratty-looking man. For anyone kind of uh, listening along who's not played the game, Micah um, wears a kind of white hat, long ratty hair, and he's got a kind of magnificent handlebar mustache that, that sort of droops down and then goes all the way up and sort of... Massive droops under his eyes. Oh, yeah, yeah. They've had a time of it, though. They arrive at the homestead. Fiddle music can be heard playing from the inside. Oh. Dutch tells his two companions to stay hidden. One man at the door is a lot less intimidating than three nasty-looking degenerates. <laughs> Dutch introduces himself at the door as a hungry traveller. Hello, friend, he says. More men come to the door. Micah whispers to you. You're both sort of hiding behind a, a, a shed at the side. Arthur, we have a problem. He lifts a blanket on a cart he's hiding behind. There's a body in there. Oh. Nice. Unaware, Dutch keeps trying to charm the men at the door. More men are gathering at the windows. One draws a gun. Arthur and Micah emerge from hiding and blow the man away. A short and brutal firefight ensues. Our three degenerates make short work of it. (laughs) It's clear that Micah and Arthur are both very good shots. And also, pointing out at this point, um, Arthur has superpowers. Um, what? Uh, in-game mechanic styles, uh, there's a dead-eye mechanic which allows you to slow down time and tag people. Of and so you can sort of bang-a-bang. And you do it like with one, one revolver, you do don't you, with your hand? Well, that's one of them, yeah, Like the western can... thing where you flick back your gun for each one. Yeah. <laughs> because why would you ever want to aim gun? That's not gameplay. You can aim gun. and you you get you, It's a limited use kind of thing. So it's clear that Micah and Arthur are both very good shots. Arthur is jumped in the shed by a surviving member of the gang. Arthur beats the hell out of him as Dutch arrives. He interrogates the man. He's a member of the O'Driscoll gang. Ooh. The O'Driscoll gang. Wait, so you got Dutch Van Der Linde and O'Driscoll. So O'Driscoll, presumably like an Irish heritage, Van Der Linde. Yeah. Yeah. Dutch is Scottish in origin. He's, he's American, but his family are Scottish. Oh, Dutch best character. We learn, that. <laughs> we learn that later. Dutch hears the fiddle music and is like, it's a Kaylee, lads. <laughs> Let's get to work. Dutch, Dutch immediately wants to for Arthur to ask the man if he knows where Colm O'Driscoll is. Dutch clearly has a problem with this Colm O'Driscoll. Arthur beats the hell out of him and he gives up the information pretty quickly. The O'Driscolls are also in the mountains. They are preparing to rob a train. Whilst clearing out the house for any valuables and food, we find some crackers, yay. The men come come across a woman, rabid with fear and grief. She attacks us, believing, believing us to be with the men we killed. As she's talked down by Dutch, she tells us that men have been here for three days. They ransacked her home killed her husband, and kept her run for sport. The body in the cart is that of her husband. Arthur tells her it's going to be okay. 
He says, we're bad men, but we ain't them. The gang will keep her safe until she works out what she wants to do. This is Sadie Adler. Yes. As we walk away from the cabin. Why are you guessing? Is that a, is that a I, I don't want to give too much away, Chase, but she is second favorite character. Oh, okay. As, we walk, as she walks away. Are they going to give her a gun? And a cowboy hat. No, no, just, just, just listen. <laughs> I want her to get a cowboy hat and a gun. Just wait. You never know what you might get. Maybe she'll be a pirate. I'm also kind of... <laughs> did you know, fun fact, right? Did you know the pirate Blackbeard, he used to like light the end of his beard on fire so it smoked. And then what it would do is it would make him look more intimidating. That's a pirate fact for you. <laughs> Welcome to Monty's Pirate what Facts. What does that have to do anything with what we were saying? Pirates are cooler than cowboys. <laughs> I'm also... Um... This is unrelated to anything. How far through your script are you? Um, uh, oh, we're on page uh, three. Oh. This is uh, two two unrelated facts from me. Um, one because I'm seeing this uh, Dutch's magnificent fur coat here. Mm. Did you know that the fur coats in Game of Thrones were really just IKEA rugs? No, they weren't. And the costume team put out the guide on how to make it from an IKEA oh. rug. That's nice. Um, I saw that on Twitter earlier. Um, well, this isn't also, this isn't Game has... of Thrones. Well, he also has a bowler hat. Um, bowler hats mm. are one of the worst kinds of hats and he should have a cowboy hat and I don't like that he doesn't have a cowboy hat oh, no, so I don't trust cowboy everyone, needs, everyone needs identifying hats mm. they all have quite distinct hats and it's helpful no 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 fuck, f- black hat. fuck identifying hats we need identifying mustaches <laughs> we, ha- we have both um, <laughs> Sadie looks back for the last time on her home and she says quietly to herself he was my husband do we have any clue why they came and killed the husband, just cause? There are a bad gang of men also stuck in the mountains planning a train robbery, stuck by the weather, who came across the homestead. Okay, so they wanted the house. Rob, yeah, they were looking for shelter. Okay. They were looking for sport with her. On, on a scale of yeah. heaven to hell, where is Dutch Vanderlyn's gang compared to the O'Driscoll? Oh, the O'Driscoll's... The, so, it's important to say, we'll get onto this as we go through the game, Dutch has a real philosophy. He believes the world is flawed... Um, he's he's kind of a, just an anti-capitalist in a lot of ways. He he thinks that the government steals and kills without discretion. They kill those as need killing. They save those as need saving, and they rob from those that rob others. That's kind of his philosophy. Right. So the, 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 the O'Driscolls, yeah, the O'Driscolls are like um, just proper degenerates. Proper like just robbing for the sake. They of watch it. all the anime. <laughs> is that, is that your not, definition not, of a degenerate? I, yeah. <laughs> not in the way that you are. Um, <laughs> the gang holds out on the mountain for a few more days. Arthur writes about their experiences and drafts pencil drawings in his diary. It's oh. the thing about Arthur. He's a little diary and he draws drawings of things he sees and he writes in his diary. Is, is he good? Is, yeah, or are they like person. little stick men? He's very good. Oh. He is. Uh, uh, John at one point is a character you're going to meet later refers to him as a bit of a draftsman. So he can like draw really accurate buildings and stuff like that. That's his calling. He needs to get out of the outlaw yeah, life. Well, and he's, a, he's a talented man. He doesn't realize it. Become a children's illustrator. <laughs> Back at the camp, Abigail, this is Abigail, um, asks Arthur to look for her John. He's still not been seen in two days. Arthur says he's probably fine, even though John is, in his words, as dumb as rocks and as dull as iron. <laughs> One of our main characters, everybody. This is wholly unrelated. That's a very majestically purple coat. Or are, is this still a generation when purple dye was this quite is, hard to this, come by? This is kind of maybe washed out. It's kind of more of a blue coat when you see it in the game. Ah. They're living They're living large, spending their mo- splashing their money on dye. Well, no, because the money's back in town. Do they have any money? No. I'm not saying that he bought it right here. Oh, right, yeah. sorry. Yeah, there's a merchant out in the, in the snow. There is definitely not. <laughs> That's why he, he walks up to her, hands her the money. 
That your finest purple coat, please. <laughs> Hosea, who I realise I don't have a picture of yet, but we'll meet him properly later. Hosea is Dutch's right-hand man, his oldest friend. He's older than Dutch. He's kind of his cam voice in his ear. And together, they are Arthur's gay dads. They took, <laughs> no, they, 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 they took him in as a child and have literally raised him as his dads, almost. Um, and Jose is a bit gentler. He's an old swindler. He likes to charm old ladies out of their fortune kind of vibe. Oh, we never, we never great, actually great see, guy. we never see him doing that. But that's kind of the, the that's that's his scam. You know, he's very his, dreamy. Yeah. Mm. Um, he tells Arthur that he needs to go out looking for John, and that Javier should go with him. Javier says that were the situation reversed, he knows John would look after them all. Arthur grumbles. Okay. So John's quite a noble guy. It sounds like. Um, like, would he take a bullet for them? That's Arthur, what Javier seems to say. Arthur, as we're gonna Yes, learn. but he's dumb, so it would be good as he fell into it. <laughs> Ar- Arthur has a big problem with John. As they're riding out to the other, other side of the mountain to look for him, he talks about how Marston's probably... His name is John Marston. Arthur says that Marston's probably just going to leave again. He's probably just left again. Last time he left for months with no notice... Uh, and he left his he left Abigail and their son. It's totally accidental. He just he just keeps like in the middle of the night just wandering off. Yeah, he just gets lost. <laughs> he just gets lost. So, I think the camp's over there. <laughs> without going into too much too early, Arthur and 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 John are similarly both kind of like sons of Dutch. They were both taken in years a few years apart. Uh, John's a bit younger, but they were both kind of like brothers. Uh, and he never really forgave. John for disappearing. Recently, John disappeared and left Abigail and his child. Um, Where did he go? Do you find that out? He ran away, and he and he came back. He, he went out for cigarettes. Yeah, yeah, kind of. It's wow. it's it's and and what a piece of shit. yeah, he's a he's a shitty father. Yeah. Um, and Arthur resents him for this and has never really forgiven him and takes every opportunity to to throw a jibe his way. Hmm. The boys find John. Oh, he's hot. Alive on the he's side hot. of a mountain. Sorry, sorry. Chase's comment was, he's hot. He's he's giving me rugged Lord of the Rings vibes. He is covered in blood and he's like wow. got a missing eye. He's, he's had his eye blood. bashed in. It's giving, it's giving rugged warrior <laughs> medieval knight. And he talks like this. Oh. He's sort of up here. That's not hot. (laughs) They find him alive on the side of a mountain. He's been attacked by wolves. That's why his face is like that. And he's retreated to the cliffside, barely alive. But he survived because he's a warrior. No, he thought the wolves were the gang. (laughs) (laughs) I will say, he isn't the brightest. (laughs) Abigail, is that you? (laughs) He says, Honey, give me a kiss. (laughs) Oh my. Honey, you need to cut your nails. John John looks up and says, I never thought I'd say this, but it's good to see you, Arthur Morgan. Arthur berates John, uh, telling him he's dumb as rocks. No, telling, <laughs> telling him, I told Dutch that you weren't the right man for the job. Cool wolf chase. Um, we head back round to the other side of the mountain. Presumably the same wolves. I don't know that did this to... to Abigail! Why are you still following us? <laughs> Stay out there, Abigail! <laughs> um, they've been waiting round the corner for a couple of days. <laughs> Our boys manage to get John back to camp and the others begin to tend to his wounds. Who's this man with a Christmas yes. scarf on? We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna cover this briefly. So the man, uh, for anyone watching along, we've got Javier, Arthur in the foreground. Behind on the left, we have Hosea, who's one of Arthur's dads, the kind of co-leader of the gang. Is that is that uh, this this yeah, one here? This man here. He's a, lo- he's, he's a little bit older. He's probably, he's probably the oldest guy in the, in the camp. Um, he looks like a wrestler. 
And that's just Coates. He's actually dead skinny. It's just because they're they all the characters dress very realistically throughout the whole game. You the environment changes a lot, and people strip off and put on clothes. They're very well off if they have so many outfits they're as like just, they are outdoors. wild west pioneers they're outdoorsmen they live in camps they don't live in buildings no so that's they, my point is yeah. that if they live in camps yet have the ability to carry around this many outfits they got wagons and you'll see them later they got a wagon train they've uh, got like the man to the right here is Herr Strauss very... Herr Strauss Herr Strauss are you going to do your German accent that um <laughs> Mr. Morgan is not, sort of how he speaks. I saw, I saw Cabaret in London a couple so weeks sorry. ago, and now I'm just thinking of Herr Strauss from Cabaret. Uh, not a dissimilar character. Sorry, he doesn't get any of these references, and it's his game, so continue, Neil. I don't, I'm not good on German. musical theatre. Herr Strauss is Austrian. Austrian, sorry, okay. Um, and we'll find out a little bit more about him later in the game. He's a sort of diminutive, bookish-looking man, sort of quite nervy. So, a few more days passed, and Arthur muses that this is hardly the spring he'd been waiting for. He's a bit sassy, Arthur, and all this is about, oh, this is sort of the spring I've been waiting for. Back in one of the cabins a couple of days later, Micah, who we've met, instigates a fight with Bill Williamson, who's on screen here. If you think John's dumb, Bill is the dumbest of the dumb. He's oh. the big dumb brute of the group. He's constantly angry and grumpy and wound up by everyone. He's not particularly nice, but some people kind of sympathize with Bill in certain ways. Um, Micah starts a fight with him. Who's the guy in the background the of this picture? The guy in the background is Lenny. Ah. Um, Lenny is lovely. Lenny is uh, uh, one of the younger members of the gang. Okay. Um, but yeah, Lenny is uh, one of two people of color in our gang. Uh, Lenny is black. He has two black parents. And oh yes, no, is the game that, racist? Well, like historically racist. The not game, like the game will address... Some people say not enough. Some people say too much. Um, will address the fact that this is a, a young black man in America not long after, uh, you know, the end of slavery. And we do go to the Deep South later in this game. Okay. Um, yeah, wait, hold, where is the game set currently, at least? So, or, like, where is the good, span? Good in... question. These are fictional states, but they what? are... What? Yeah, Why? Well, it's like are... Grand Theft Auto, where none of the cities are actually real-life yeah, American York cities. Yeah, Liberty City, for example. Yeah. In, in... I mean, the city, sure, but why change the states? So... It's, it's because the, the map is huge, but it kind of crams in different biomes, and some of them are sort of an amalgam of different states, from my limited knowledge. So Le Moyne is one of the biggest states, and as you might guess from the name, the kind of French-sounding name is kind of an amalgamation of, like, Louisiana, but with a wee bit of, like, maybe, um, yeah, like some northern neighbouring states, so it's kind of swampy, but then foresty to the huh. north. We go to the and bayou! Then, then there's, like... Ooh. That's my Louisiana accent. Um, anyway... Bill is wound up into a fight uh, with Micah and they end up face to face and they're kind of ready to punch, 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 big strong men um, and Dutch bursts in and asks them what the hell is going on. He knows they've been cooped up in this mountain. They need to get out. He takes the boys. I heard coked up and I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh they're, they're doing some things in that shed. <laughs> this is why he's dumb as rocks well, because he's been on the rocks. It was legal at that point, right? Uh, it was it was yeah, in it was in, it was in your fizzy drink. Was it in America at that point? Yeah, it was near it was near Coca-Cola. Oh it was, you're right, yeah. 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 Um <gasps> Do they go to an old fashioned like soda saloon? No, but you do go to We do go to many other saloons, but soda wasn't they, people weren't drinking soda in the places we're going to, right? People they are drinking, drinking whiskey, moonshine. moonshine. Um, at one point Arthur says, A dollar for a whiskey and the guy says, It's scotch. <laughs> the good stuff. And and Dutch walks up and he goes, My homestead. <laughs> 
Um, Dutch doesn't speak quite like that. We'll come on to that later. I'm sorry that I don't know what any well, of these people sound like. Crazy. They all sound like you, Chase. <laughs> I will say almost no one in this game sounds like Chase. This is... Don't know how to take that. I'm saying you sound like a modern man. Of course. Um, Dutch takes his pent-up boys out to release some steam on the mountain. Oh, um, oh. They want they want to wrestle with some men just, in the mountain. Let us just coming on to page four. Um, How many pages do you have? Uh, oh, 120 odd. Dutch rallies some of the troops to ride to the Adriscoll camp, which they got the location out of when Arthur beat the hell out of that guy in a shed. Dutch tells Arthur that he thinks Arthur's been doubting some of his decisions recently. Arthur says he would never doubt him. Arthur wonders if they're going after Cole for resource or revenge. After all, Dutch has always told them that revenge was a fool's game. Who's Cole, sorry? The leader Cole of the Adrissals. Yeah. Dutch is, as I can say this now, Dutch's oldest nemesis. They have been fighting for, you get the sense it could be like 20 years. Right. Um, the two gangs have been. We learned that years ago, Dutch killed Combe's brother and Combe killed Annabelle, Dutch's lover, oh. um, in revenge. This was like the love of Dutch's life um, and he never really got over it. Cue a gunfight at an old mine where the Adriscoles are camping out. They kill dozens and dozens of Adriscoles. Shooty, shooty, bang, bang. I'm not going to describe any of the fights because this isn't. These aren't cinematic fight scenes. It's all in gameplay. We don't have Zeta Flare. We don't have like. <laughs> it's bang, bang, bang. Slow motion. Shoot in the head. The gang find a crate of dynamite and more information about the train robbery Combe was planning. It's owned by the train, a Mister Leviticus Cornwall. I beg your pardon. Remember that name. Upon heading back to camp. The gang spy, a member of Combs' gang, fleeing the scene. Arthur chases him down and lassoes his ass. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I don't know if you can see the prompt at the top of the screen there. Hogtied people can be placed on the back of your horse. Yeah, in this game, really you can terrible. go up to anyone in the world, any NPC, anyone, and just hogtie them, put them on your horse. You can put them on train tracks in front of a moving train. You can throw them to alligators. You can you can kind of do whatever you want. Um, it's a good morality Can test you eat a, them? <sighs> you, I knew the first thing you were going to ask would be a no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, did you ask, can you eat them? I just want Arthur to be a cannibal. <laughs> a cannibal cowboy. No. That is a cool, cool idea. I know it Not is. Not as cool as pirates, though. <laughs> Have you got another fact for us? <laughs> no, I don't. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> well, we'll get one later. It's, it's building up. The gang member they've got is Kieran Duffy. He's very young. He's sort of got patchy, a patchy little, uh, uh, what do you call it, like chin strap beard. Oh, he's a bad uh, guy, right? No, he, he's he's a kind of little, uh, he's just like a little teenage boy, almost like he's not actually a teenager, but his voice is kind of breaking. He swears that he's not really a member of the gang. He was just caught up in it and he wasn't privy to any information. Oh, I, don't know. I don't know nothing about no gang, Exactly, sir. Sir. You're really testing that anti-peak mic today, aren't you? It's, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Um, It's, it's getting... It's close. Uh, Sorry, never trust someone with a patchy beard. Sorry, continue. Arthur ties him up uh, and says he's taken him back to the camp as a prisoner. On the way, Arthur grumbles and calls him a little shit. <laughs> Which I just love. Kieran says he's going to puke. <laughs> and Arthur says he'll break every bone in his body and then calls him a sack of shit. <laughs> That's what? pretty brutal. <laughs> Arthur takes him back to... Arthur's really grumpy all the time, it's worth saying. Arthur takes him back to camp as prisoner. There he is. There's a, a better picture of... Uh, he can't really grow a moustache properly. He's got... Uh, that's, that's Kieran there. Who's this majestic oh, man in the back? this man. That is a majestic... This man is... We still have some members of the gang to meet. That chase is uncle. Uncle what? Uncle. 
Uncle, uncle. Uncle, uncle. No, it's just uncle. Like Prince. So, uh, sorry, everybody. Uncle looks like... Uh, Santa. Like, Santa. sort of, like, sort of Enormous creaky Santa. cowboy Santa. Yeah, yeah, he's got a big, big, grey, almost yeah. white beard, a little bulbous nose. Cowboy Santa's coming at you with the, with the caravan. <laughs> um, we are almost off the mountain, but they have been fast running out of food. Um, Mr. Pearson, shown here. He's the camp cook, right? The camp cook. Um, who Arthur Aww. clearly is frustrated by. Arthur he t- really needs that hat. Arthur, mm. Somebody give him a hat. So Pearson has a similarly ma- magnificent sort of wall, but like a walrus mustache, and he's got long hair at the sides and is sort of almost completely bald on the top. Um, surely it's not... Just shave it all off. And uh, I can't do Pearson's voice. He's also got quite a distinctive voice. He uh, Pearson was in the Navy and talks about it constantly. Oh. Sort of when I was in the Navy stories and Arthur sort of... Appoints. Did you know... In fun uh, nautical facts this time, did you know that the Navy was, the US Navy was founded by a Scotsman? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Where did pirates We've come into? We've done so much damage. I didn't say a pirate fact, I said a nautical fact. Well, I want more pirate facts, please. Pearson is fast <laughs> running out of food. Um, and while he's launching into one of his stories, Arthur says something like, I have no desire to hear about your time in the Navy. Um, Just like Neil has no desire to hear our nautical you, and pirate facts. Are you looking up facts? <laughs> No, I was. I was. I was actually. If you'd like to know what I was doing, I was looking at the Steam page for Red Dead to see how much it was, oh, and I'm. We knew you were doing this. You have a thousand games you've never finished. You've every time. I own it. I will give it to you. I have it here. It's in this room. Why do you go and buy it? I mean, if you want to lend it to me, I'll play it. No, you won't. You never play them. I might do. Have you played Metal Gear Rising Revengeance yet? Have you played Control? I've been, yeah, just half of it. Have you played Alan Wake? Did you read the Alan Wake novel? First like hour you? of it. <laughs> 50 quid for an I've hour been, of game. I've been busy playing Subnautica and Baldur's Gate and Final Fantasy 16 good games. What are you talking about? Every game we've covered on this channel has been a good game. Time for Lord Dump Subnautica. <laughs> Continue, Neil. We meet Charles. Okay, Charles. Um, who is a, a Native American man um, with, uh, he had a, 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 I believe, a black father and a Native American mother. Um, and he is the kind of camps, he's only been with them about six, seven months, so similar to Micah. Um, and he's a sort of, he's got a bow. He's very good at hunting. They talk about the fact that Pearson, when everything went down be- before they got to the mountain, Pearson's only job was to get collect up all the food. And they've run out. And Arthur's noticed that Pearson doesn't seem to have run out of rum. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Arthur says that he can't hunt, but uh, Charles says, I can't pull a bow right now. We'll go together. I'll show you how to Wait, do why it. can you pull a bow? He's injured. He's got injured his hand. Oh, okay, okay. Hunt, hunt, hunting tutorial. Yeah. <laughs> so, again, there are people... I, I'm going to address this early. I know, fans. I know how much is in this game that I'm missing out. There are, like, 200 side missions. We're touching on, like, five. There are... There, there are hunting mechanics, legendary animals. There's all sorts of stuff. We're not really going to get into the side stuff because that game, if you play everything, 120 hours. And we are doing the kind of, like, 50-hour version. So um, we go out hunting. We bring back some deer to camp. Um, Arthur asks Charles, you know, you, I'm surprised you're still with us. Like... You know, you, you're more than capable of anyone here of going out on your own and camping yourself and not worrying about all this nonsense that we've been dealing with. But Charles seems like a good guy, loyal guy. We like Charles. Um, back in camp, uh, Jack. This is little Jack. He looks like a He's boy scout. This is John's son. Uh, Abigail, uh, his uh, mother brings him in and said, the boy wanted to see you, John. 
And John says, John says, oh no, it's a wolf. This is not my wife, it's a wolf. Why is your American a cockney man? (laughs) You are American. Um, <laughs> that's not that's not blood that's kisses from Abigail <laughs> oh, no. kisses from Abigail is actually his second album uh, John 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 cannot engage with his son he's lying there and he says well he's seen me now or what? what's what's left of me Dutch and the men rally to rob the train it's time to rob the train get off this mountain or are they just stealing O'Driscoll's plan yeah legit they've stolen his dynamite and his plans nice um, Out of curiosity, how big are these gangs that there is a whole O'Driscoll outpo- outpost camp that does not have O'Driscoll himself? Like, are, uh, is it seriously yeah. going to be like classic are, enemy camps? So, like every kind of section of the map, every state, if you like, um, they don't always call them states. Sometimes they're like you know just areas. Um, every area has a sort of gang presence. The O'Driscolls are like probably hundreds of men. And part of the philosophical difference is Como Driscoll will take anyone. He'll take anyone on board. They're just fodder. But for Dutch, this is a family. And they're a sm- they're, if I'm off the top of my head, there's like maybe 15 members of our gang. And they're tight and they've been there for years. Uh, and they're smart. They're smarter. They're more kind of tactical. You definitely kill at least 100 O'Driscoll men at least in you the entire game. You can look up stats in the game. Easy. Easy. Yeah. Um, they're, they're cockroaches. They just yeah. they come out the ground. You know, you can't yeah. get rid of them. <laughs> we see the sun starting to come out. Icicles oh. begin to melt. Oh. The men prepare to rob the train. They're standing on a kind of they're on their horses on an overlook over the tracks. Bill Williamson and uh, our big grump from earlier uh, and Arthur go down to plant dynamite on the the uh, train tracks. They're going to blow up the tracks before the train gets there. They wire it up. They all get back up to the ridge and prepare. Bill presses the plunger and nothing happens. The train continues on through. Uh, he and Arthur have entirely failed to rig up the dynamite. Sorry, who who was who who rig, who rigged it up with Arthur? Bill. Bill. So who's yeah. okay? Whose cock up was that? Bill, was Bill. Bill's pretty sure it's Arthur's. No, okay. And it probably Arthur's. Oh really? Um, yeah. <laughs> our, 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 like Bill, part of the reason Bill is so angry all the time is like he's seen as a big dummy, which he is, but he always thinks that other people don't get uh, enough flack. Um, You're dumb too. <laughs> <laughs> so the gang turn around through that uh, sort of crevice there, and they all jump off the edge of the bridge. What? Onto the moving train. Fantastic. Yeah. Arthur, fucked it, so we're gonna break our legs. <laughs> um, Javier, I believe it's Javier, falls straight away off the train and gets left behind. Oh, no, so we are Javier. we are left with. Oh, is he okay? Is he's that the last right. we see of him? Right. No, he's okay. Um, so he's just jumped off a bridge for nothing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he literally jumps off Holy a bridge shit. Arthur and Lenny fight their way to the front of the train, killing Cornwall's guards as they go. Is Lenny a good gun gunslinger? Is he? Lenny's good, yeah. yeah. He's like not probably not been around long enough to be considered like a senior member of the gang. Mm. But like Arthur definitely sees him like a, a kind of little brother and cool. likes going on missions. I feel like this, this gang is going to be my organization 13 and then I'm going to need you to give me just a little like that's screenshot with all their faces. And yeah, yeah. I really think on a break I might do that. Um, we get see some cool fighting on top of the train here, and Arthur fights his way to the front and brings the train to a halt. Hey. Once the train has stopped, the gang regroups outside the last carriage, which is like an armoured carriage. You can't get into it from the inside of the train. It's completely kind of walled off. The men inside shout, do you know who we work for? And Dutch tells them, we don't want to kill any of you. 
um, and then they open fire on the side of the uh, <laughs> of the train carriage. That doesn't work, so they blow it open with dynamite. Cool. Um, they find inside some bond papers, like some railway bonds, which they're fairly sure they're going to be able to sell further down the line. They're like super valuable during this time, right? Yeah. That's like, yeah, it's like kind of good money. Almost, cool, it? cool. Yeah, they're like... Or, or like, no, it's, not, it's like uh, investments, isn't it? Almost. Yeah. Cool. It's like shares. Like, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Okay. So they're they're going to be uh, sold down the line. It's not immediate money, but it will be. Uh, we arrive back at camp and begin to pack up and load the wagons. Snow is clearing. It's time to leave the mountain. Woohoo! No more mountain, baby. Um, so this is us on our wagon train coming down off the mountain. Um, Lenny and Micah are sent to ride ahead to the nearest town. Oh, um, okay. Wait, what? Was, I want to know what that that looks like. Well, we find out. Oh, what, Lenny and Micah? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, they're sent to scout further ahead. Um, and we can see this game is... It's hard when you're clipping off YouTube to do it justice how beautiful this world is. It's mm-hmm. absolutely stunning. They ride ahead. I was told in the, in the Uber over that Neil had some lovely shots of blinking. Oh, it was tough because the game goes for, like, I think compared to, like, Kingdom Hearts, it's a bit more realism. There's a lot more blinking and, like, weird facial expressions when you pause. Um... <laughs> As the caravan train heads forward, Arthur's carriage, which he's on with Hosea, uh, the wheel falls off. So Hosea is his other dad, right? Yeah. yeah. So they stop to put the wheel back on. And as they're putting the wheel back on, uh, they see three figures up on a ridge watching Ooh. them. Three Native Americans standing. And it's kind of very silent and, and very, uh, yeah, it's a very kind of striking moment, actually. Uh, Hosea says, you know, if, we, if we, they wanted trouble, we'd be dead already. Um, and Hosea kind of waves a salute to them. And we continue on our way. He talks a little bit more uh, about the plight of uh, the native people. He says they're poor bastards who really got screwed around here. The government has been brutally stealing their land and starving them of resources by this point for years. The gang arrive at our new camp, Horseshoe Overlook. Um, a lot of people's sort of favourite camp. This is our first sort of main camp of the game. Yeah, it's on a nice, as it suggests, it's on a nice kind of overlook. Um, we're right near uh, the adorable western town of Valentine. Oh, mm. so sweet. Yeah, so as I said earlier, it's clear Jose is Dutch's number two. He tells Dutch that he and Arthur were onto something really big in Blackwater before Micah got Dutch all excited about whatever they ended up doing. The boat job. That's when everything went wrong. Dutch says they've all made mistakes over the year, years, but he's the one who's kept them together and alive. He's kept the nooses from round their necks. Hosea just wants to keep everyone safe. He's old, and he says he doesn't have that long left. Dutch calms him, saying in a few months they'll have enough money to push back into the West, buy some land, settle down. How, how fair is that to say, Dutch keeping the nooses from around their neck? Because Davy died at the start. Do we, do we learn if anybody else has died in the past under his watch? Um... They've clearly, like, you can assume that they've lost people over the years, but I think Dutch means more generally, like, the law are always hunting us and we're, we've not been caught yet. Right. Okay. Um, I will do everything I can to, to keep cool. us safe. Chapter 2. Horseshoe Overlook. Whoever is writing these titles has really bad handwriting. It's Arthur, isn't it? Isn't it supposed to be Arthur? Because it it's his diary entry. Arthur might be able to draw a pretty picture. He cannot write a word. I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. That would make sense. Um, in the camp, uh, Arthur has a lovely setup. As as one of the kind of top lieutenants, he gets this nice wagon bed fold out thing. You can see here. Ooh. He can uh, he can shave at this space in here. He can't cut his hair or do styles, but he can like shave if you want him to shave. He can look at pictures of his family. Um, his family? Yeah, his, his, like, presumably dead for years parents, you know. Oh, his parents, okay. And he can look at a picture of a woman named Mary. 
Skeevy. Mother of God. Is Mary in the camp? Mary's in heaven, looking over us all. Okay. Arthur, Mary is not in the camp. Okay, cool. That's all I want. Arthur writes in his diary. Dutch seems a little better. His eyes are sparkling again, and I think he's seeing a little clearer. I think we're all feeling a little happier, despite Blackwater and this whole mess. Skeevy bastard, Herr Strauss, is heading into town to round up some business. Strauss is the resident moneylender. It's a gross business, but it's kind of a big source of revenue for the gang. He goes into town, loans money to people at extortionate rates, and then Arthur is often sent round to collect. Oh. Yeah, these, these are not good men we're talking about. I think that might be one of the evilest jobs in the world, debt collector. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's, it's a bad business, and they're bad men for doing it, um, especially the kind of way they go about it. Mm. Get Dutch- so are we meant to like Arthur? You decide as we go. It's the Wild West. Dutch gives one of his quintessential speeches to the group, uh, rallying them round, telling them it's time to provide for the gang, as we always do. He sets up the money box. Uh, this is a feature by, whereby the gang members all contribute money and jewellery and stuff they've robbed and stuff they've earned. The camp gets its slice, Dutch says. This can then be used to like upgrade people's living quarters and stuff. Like, you get to decide what it's used for. But uh, and if And it's quite cool. If Arthur doesn't contribute anything... For a while, who go into camp and like Dutch will be following him around, going, "Why haven't you? Why haven't you put anything in the box? Why haven't you put anything in the box?" Um, and if you put in a ton, he'll be like, "Whoa, thanks, big boy!" So not like, not, not like that. It's time for everyone to earn their keep again. They're to split up and look for opportunities in nearby Valentine. Valentine is your quintessential old western town. It's all mud and morons, Hosea says. <laughs> No, okay, that's that's not on. Considering Herr Strauss is about to go in and con these people out of their money, and oh, and... it's just as it is. Yeah. It's... <laughs> so we come back to Uncle. We're meeting him for the first time. Oh, okay. He's the Western he's the gang's resident creepy and useless old uncle. He spends his days drinking, sitting against a wagon, and talking about how he can't help because he's got lumbago. Right. What? Hold on. Why does Dutch keep him around? He's just been around forever, and he and he is and he you know he is an outlaw. He has connections. He hears things in the pub. He hears kind of about <laughs> things. He he comes up with plans, uh, but he's kind of always making an excuse for for not doing things. Mm. But he uh, Arthur takes him and uh, our gang's resident working girls into town. Um, oh, cool. So this is Karen, Mary Beth, and Tilly, respectively, and they head into town in a wagon. Uh, it's very sweet. Uh, the girls are singing a song. Um, I knew a girl in Valentine. She likes to drink her fancy wine. Um, it's like a sea shanty. Yeah. Do they already know songs for every city they go to? I don't know. Maybe it's just three syllables. Uh, maybe they can put in other towns. It's like, uh, I'm not sure. Um, I knew a girl in Glasgow. <laughs> no, two syllables. Um, <laughs> you had one rule. You could have done Edinburgh. You know. Um, as, when they're on the way, uh, they come across a man uh, whose horses have run away from his carriage. Oh. Um, Arthur stops, goes to help get the horses back, hitches them back up and gets back on his wagon. Oh, see, there you go, the, girls, the girls tease Arthur, saying that he has a heart after all. Yeah. He says he's only doing it because they were there and watching. <laughs> the girls get to work looking for opportunities uh, in the hotel and saloon. So yeah, quintessential Old West. You've got hotel, the doctor, the gunsmith, and then the saloon, which has a barber in it, and a guy playing piano, and uh, you can go in and get drunk. Um, what's also quite cool, you can see in this image of the town here, there's a house being built, and this you will find this throughout the world. 
things will continue to be built. Like oh, cool. uh, when you come back later, that house will be a little bit more built. It's 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 really cool. It's, will it's it really be finished? Insane. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. By the end of the game, it's finished. You can, you can, you know how people used to say like, oh, you can follow an NPC and see what they do. No, you can. You, you pick an NPC in town. People, There's videos on YouTube. Get up in their house. They go to work. They go to the pub at the end of the day. They stagger home drunk. They'll cut. They'll go. They'll and their work will be cutting down a tree. You will watch the tree him with his axe, and eventually, maybe an hour later, the tree will fall. That tree will be gone for the rest of the game. It's oh. it's very cool. It's also Insane. I should maybe point out another of the mechanics at the moment. You can interact verbally with every single NPC in the game. Um, by that, I mean you can go up to them, you can lock onto them, you can draw your gun, you can rob them, and then you've got two dialogue options. You can greet or antagonize them. Mm. So Arthur can go up to someone, you hit, you lock onto someone in the street, yet greet, will go, howdy, partner! And you can do it two or three times and they'll have a little chat. Howdy, oh. partner, how's your day going? Not bad. Antagonize, he'll be mean to them. He'll just go up to someone and go, you look at you, you ugly sack of shit. And, <laughs> and, they'll, and they'll get upset. Some people will fight him. And people have come up with a really fun trend online, which is called Greek Greek Antagonize. <laughs> and I don't have any examples to hand, so I'm going to make one up. The, the, the idea is all the conversations are like a three-part conversation. And the, the rule is to go and Greek Greek Antagonize. So you go up and go, howdy, partner. And they go, well, hello, sir. And he goes, mighty fine day out, isn't it? Why, yes, it is, sir. And then you hit Antagonize. He goes, I'm just kidding. Whenever you're out, it's a horrible day. And they get like... <laughs> um, <laughs> It's really good. You'll spend hours just wandering around annoying people. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. So while the girls get from, get to work looking for opportunities in the saloon and the hotel, Arthur and Uncle uh, go to shop for some supplies. You can see there's a lot of man here collecting donations for the poor on the street. It's a very active world. Um, you know. Looks like a lot of money that we could get back to camp. <laughs> I don't think they would steal from, from a man like this. They go into this charming old western shop, and even the these you can like... You don't. You can go up to the counter and buy stuff directly. You can also go and pick stuff off off the shelves and buy it that way. Like everything here, you can just go and pick up and buy. It's like insanely detailed. No wonder it. They're all in bloody crunch. Well, exactly. We don't want to say these are expectations that every game no. should have at all. It's just it. Look, the crunch sucks, and it doesn't justify yeah, the crunch. But the product game, is fascinating. Every game should be a Baldur's Gate three. Oh yeah, yeah. We've heard those calls, <laughs> haven't we? Yeah. Uh, but no, just but you can't. We shouldn't undermine the fact that the game is just an incredibly built. Um, while the girls are working, uh, Arthur and Uncle decide to sit and have a drink outside the shop. Uh, I don't, I don't know how you always get the people back in the day drinking whiskey straight from the bottle. Well, I can barely do a shot. Well, I've been learning a few things about whiskey. Um, so here's your fun whiskey fact. It's not a pirate fact. <laughs> There's no theme here. <laughs> it's just fun facts with Monty. Um, so I've got my entire life, I'm 28 years old, believing that whiskey originated in Scotland. It didn't. It originated in Ireland. Scotland ripped off the Irish, took all the whiskey, perfected it. We did perfect it. Um, and, and then ended up distributing it across the globe. Um, so yeah, there you go. I, used to I believe you'll find that the Americans perfected it with bourbon. No, bourbon is awful. It's bourbon scum is great. No, bourbon is wonderful, but it's not as good as whiskey. I no, I actually that. have a lovely bourbon. We I say that like I enjoy whiskey <laughs> at all. You are you are drinking a very fruit fruity flavored adult juice. It is a, a strawberry and lime juice. <laughs> Delectable. Here is a very fun fact for you. Legitimately about this situation. So back in the West, if they're drinking this sort of whiskey or this bourbon, uh, the percentage would be off the chain. You're talking 67, 68 percent. You know, you give it another 10 percent, and that's when you start to go blind and die. Yeah. So e like even more to the point, how are they drinking it straight from the bottle? Didn't live Have for you very ever long. Drank straight from a bottle. I've drank straight from the bottle. <laughs> yes. But that's all they do. Uh, yeah, they, yeah. So they, they're drinking it like it's juice. <laughs> they're yeah, sitting outside, 
and uh, an uncle is rambling about stories. He says, by this time, I picture myself married to an heiress. He said, you know, back in the day, I had my heiress back at the North Pole. No, no, it's not. It's not, it's not his voice. I know you don't know any of their voices, <laughs> but it's so removed. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm <laughs> saying, he kind of he's not right here, and he says he used to be a maniac. Right. And, no, no, no. He said he said I used to be known as the one shot kid. And Arthur says he doubts this very much. Uncle says, Uncle says, I know you love me. And Arthur <laughs> says, Oh yes, Uncle, you're my favorite parasite. And then he says, No, no, ringworm's my favorite parasite. <laughs> And then he says, actually, ringworm, rats with the plague, then you. Red Dead Redemption 3, you play his uncle and you learn that he was a badass. <laughs> I would play that. Um, Beth uh, tells the boys that she's overheard some of the locals discussing a train passing through coming days. It's, oh, it's heading... Oh, you are bored. You've got so many trains to go. Um, <laughs> the Western, and that's the there's not, there's not much else moving at high speed, which is exciting for a well, set piece. Blackwater was a train? Boat. Boat oh, job. Oh, a boat. Ah, okay. Um, the train is heading to Saint-Denis. The city of Saint-Denis. Oh, the pirates. Ah, uh, no. And, and it will be stuffed with rich tourists. Prime pickings. It's heading to Saint-Denis. Um, and it's got prime pickings aboard. Is Saint-Denis just like a mud town, like, like Valentine? We won't see Saint-Denis. Saint-Denis okay. is a, a modern, affluent city down south. Which we will go and visit. Ooh. Arthur saves Karen um, from a drunken and violent customer and he beats the hell out of him. Uh, Karen was trying to play the man and has learned uh, that he was boasting about how great the local bank is. Although it's a small life, a small town, because it's a livestock town, at times there's loads of money in there. Are we going to rob the bank? Mm. A good old classic western heist. I feel like that should be the last thing you do. Otherwise, you're going to rob the bank and then just come back and wander around Valentine like, hey. Yeah. Yeah, well, they got all this money, right? Their plan is to go back west and buy land. They right. are from further west than we ever see. They have been pushed further and further east by the law. He's got almost 40 bucks. That's heaps at that time. He it, can definitely go west and well, buy land is, on 40 yeah, bucks. It is. There's a bit of disparity between how like, much you can earn and... Uh, and the gang not having enough money. I pr I'm pretty sure in my playthrough, like the lockbox had something like 5k. Oh no no no! I'm mid game. I more. I I've had a hundred thousand in there. Jesus Christ! Which I mean, is multi million. Yeah yeah. yeah. Millions, um, yeah. Also, arguably, sorry, uh, being very tactful about this, potentially thematically relevant, the fact that the money is never enough. Um, maybe. Depending on your reading, I guess. Um, yeah yeah. The gang. Head back outside. Um, Arthur recognizes. I, I misspoke earlier. I said that we had two uh, members of color in the guy, so it meant to say two men. Um, Tilly Jackson, who we kind of met briefly coming onto the wagon, uh, she is being attacked around the side of a hotel by a furious man uh, who recognizes her, telling her she's made a big mistake. She, she's a lady of color. Yeah. You're saying, oh, okay. Um, Ar Ar Arthur scares the man off and they get ready to head back. They've kind of put some probes out there, they're figuring out there's some stuff going on. A man on a horse recognizes Arthur, saying he remembers him from Blackwater. Arthur oh, says, no. no, I've never been to Blackwater, friend. You're mistaken. You do not know me. The man says, no, I, I know you. I know you. And he rides off. And uh, Blackwater was the boat that he missed, right? Blackwater, Blackwater's a town where the boat heist happened adjacent to. The um, so they are they wrong. are all very wanted around there. Um, he rides off in a hurry. 
Uncle says, I don't like this. And Arthur says, yeah, me neither. And he gets on the horse and chases him. Chases him across the lovely country fields. Uh, and the man falls off his horse and falls off a cliff and is dangling by his fingers. Oh, okay. We are going to discuss here another game system, the honour system. Um, Arthur can periodic- periodically through actions, just moment to moment, if you shoot a random person in the head, or through decisions like this, have a higher or lower honour. This will affect things in the game later on. Okay. This will affect how some people interact with you. Um, and I'm going to explain for the purpose of this playthrough, because people like to play bad Arthur, good Arthur. So are we making choices? We, no. Cool. We are playing as an Arthur that is making honourable decisions in, in my playthrough. In oh, my okay. mind, that is canon. Yes. And I was going to say that game. we should sit down next to him, cut off his fingers one by one, <laughs> and let him slowly, finally, we're going to have him dangling by his middle fingers, we and then do. we're going to give them each a kiss. I would argue... And then shoot in the head. I would argue that your playthrough, Chase... Would be chaotic. It, it Chaotic, yes, but also just less meaningful and fulfilling yeah, than your playthrough. Why, but, yes. Uh, I don't... It's called Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> I don't need thematic good shit. You I will. want to play a you Chaos will. Goblin. You will. You, will. you will learn to love this game. <laughs> I want to play a Chaos Goblin. Continue. Yours. Arthur spares the man and pulls him up. Oh, cool. He introduces himself as Jimmy Brooks, and he gives Arthur a fancy golden pen uh, to say thank you. He's got like a pen, a gold pen, and he gives it to oh. him. And uh, eventually Arthur says to him, he shakes his hand and pulls him in, and Arthur says, I was at Blackwater. I kill people. Maybe I should have killed you. Should I have killed you, Jimmy Brooks? And Jimmy shits his pants and goes, no, 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 sir, no. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you. And disappears. We never see him again. So what was the point of that? To teach you the morality, to teach you that there are decisions and there are high honour and low honour decisions. Jimmy Uh, Brooks went on to become president. (laughs) He was a terrible fascist and we should have let him go. Um, Arthur meets Javier Escuela, who's the guy we rescued uh, uh, John with. Uh, He meets Charles Smith and Bill Williamson, who we've all met before. Bill starts a huge bar fight after bumping into this man here. Um, Is he drunk or is he just angry? Uh, He's always angry. This guy kind of pushes into him as they walk through the door and Bill goes, what the hell? He's just a big angry bear of a man. (laughs) These guys are on a hundred at all times. As soon as their guy gets in a fight, literally, I don't show it here, Charles is standing in front of that chair there. Charles just picks up the chair and throws it off the screen at someone. (laughs) It goes immediately crazy. Uh, Arthur is picked up by a large man and thrown out of a window onto the street. Um, this big man, uh, whose name I believe is Owen, they have a brutal fight in the street and it was a kind of fun, fun fight inside and slowly the music becomes a bit jangly and discordant and it's really unpleasant piano as they're fighting and the whole town gathers around to watch. Eventually, Arthur gets him on the floor and just starts beating his face over and over again. It's very uncomfortable. He doesn't kill him, he just, and they're both covered in mud and they're rolling around and Arthur just keeps hitting him and keeps hitting him until all of a sudden uh, this rather sweet man gets in the way and begs him to stop. Arthur is a bit of a... I know we were joking earlier about how John is thick and Bill is thick. I, I don't want to assume too much here, right? But Arthur is pretty brutal. Arthur, Arthur... Just mindless violence for the sake of Ar- it. Arthur definitely has a switch, yeah, for sure. Right. This very sweet mustachioed man... Um, uh, who's a sort of a bit of a sorry figure. He's sort of coughing and, and he sort of beg, begs you to stop. And Arthur sort of comes to and walks away from the crowd um, where we meet um, Dutch. And Dutch says, are you making friends already, are we? And he 
brings with him a man that Arthur knows. And can I just point out very quickly, Dutch, Dutch's suit, the black suit, the iconic black yeah. suit, uh, basically my wedding suit. Uh, I saw earlier the embroidery flowers and stuff. It's just yeah. basically my black embroidered flower suit. It's beautiful. Dutch says, look who we found sniffing about uh, with an immaculately dressed man in, in heel with a magnificent top hat. This is Josiah Trelawney. He's a confidence man who runs schemes and occasionally runs into the gang and helps them. He's not a full-time member, but they, like, bump into... He's all over America running schemes, and he bumps into them, and he sort of talks like this. He sort of goes, oh, um... Uh, John, Arthur, my dear boy, how are we? You sort of have this kind of shaky, faux English accent. Um, confidence man. I've just realised confidence man is the the con origin man. of con man. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's fantastic. Sorry, I don't. I never um, noticed that until then. Yeah. He cool. he's had his ear to the ground and says that as well as the money they left behind in Blackwater, Sean is also still there. We haven't met Sean yet. We mentioned right at the start of the game that he had been kidnapped. He's held captive by bounty hunters. Oh no. Um, so are we going back to Blackwater? No, we are very wanted. We there. we 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 can right? No, no. I mean, as in, we can try to. We can try to. Yeah. So I wasn't going to explain this till later, but like oh, Black sorry. Blackwater is in the um, uh, is in the kind of southwest of the map, and if you try and ride into that area immediately within about ten seconds. Bounty hunters will surround you and immediately shoot you in the head. Oh. So you cannot get to black without mods. You can't get there until later in the game. Um, oh, okay, but there is a point in the game where we are. Oh, for sure. It exists tangibly in the world. Okay. It exists on the map. You can go there. Try to go there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I will also say that about fifty percent. How big this game's world is? Fifty percent of the first game's map is recreated in two, and we don't even get to it until later in the game. Um, yeah. We head back to camp and Hosea takes us uh, hunting for a bear. I'm not going to go into too much detail. A lot of people love this mission, but it's just to introduce you to the horse system. You buy a horse. Uh, you name your horse. Would you like to name a horse? Ooh. Shelly. Shelly. Shelly the horse. Shelley Perfect. The horse. I like Shelly. We buy a horse called Shelly. And the horse system is really good. Um, you can... But obviously, buy new horses. You can have a stable of them. You can buy and upgrade saddles. I would have can, so many horses horse. in my Mojo Dojo Casa <laughs> wagon. <laughs> you can you can brush your horse. You can pet it and feed it. And there's a a, a trust bond system. There's like four levels. And when you can I romance my horse? You fully bond your well. Romance, I'm gonna yes. you can't, but I'm gonna come on to a funny point here. Um, and it's and it's shrinking testicles. You you uh, Ar Arthur. Uh, as he gets to bond with the horse closer, we'll sort of say, oh, I love you. And, you know, uh, and they'll 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 get closer, closer and the horse can do more like jump and do tricks and things like that. When they were recording the dialogue uh, for this game, the voice actor for, for Arthur had to re-record the dialogue because when he was fully bonded with the horse, the kind of like intimate horse dialogue was far too sexy. And if you listen to the game, there are lots of people get off on it because Arthur kind of speaks on here and he sort of goes, mm. it's just him leaning in and going, Good girl, good girl, and then, and then and then like you're all right, girl. You're all right. Arthur does have a sexy voice. Yeah. The voice actor is fantastic, yeah. really fantastic, and thankfully he's getting more work. Yeah. Uh, he's in a space weird looking space game with Troy Baker uh, yeah. next year. Um, yeah. Back at the camp, uh, it's also worth pointing about the camp. It, it's great to hang around this camp. Mm. You can have. I probably have played this game five times and I've probably not seen all the optional little stories and dialogue that you can just have hearing people chatting around camp. People are sitting playing poker. You can go up and sit and play poker with them. 
Pearson cooks you food, you go and eat food with him, you can go and chat. Back at the camp, in a moment just like this that I've described, uh, some of the members are sitting around talking about how they want to how they want to be buried, how they want to, uh, after they go. Obviously, oh. death is a very present thing in this world. Uh, generally... Cost in the ocean. But <laughs> where the pirates can get you. Pirate right? style. Um, <laughs> Lenny says that he'd like to be buried near friends. Arthur doesn't really mm. want to engage, but when pushed, he says, just turn my head towards the sun. Oh. Um... The gang. I love that it's so poetic. They're yeah. just a bunch of brutes in the countryside, yeah. and like it's so. Well, the Arthur, poetry. we know Arthur. Yeah. I think that Arthur wants to be buried with his horse that he loves Arthur has, passionately. Arthur has um, uh, 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 an arty side. He likes to draw. He likes to write in his diary. Mm. He day. likes to punch a guy in the face and then yeah. paint a picture with his blood. <laughs> <laughs> the gang still have young Kieran, the uh, not O'Driscoll captive. Uh, captive Patsy, 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 yeah, yeah cool. they've got him uh, tied to a tree and they're asking for information. He's been tied to a tree yeah. this whole time. Yeah, for, for, like, for like a few days. Just hog time and stick him in a couch he or something. Hog like... time and put him on the horse. Um, <laughs> He's been tied to a tree and they're, they're, it's kind of clear to us that the gang probably wouldn't do anything horrible to him, but he doesn't know that. And <laughs> Dutch, Dutch turns around to Bill who probably would do something, and says, mm. geld him. What does geld mean? Um, to cut off the penis and testicles. Oh, dear. So ah! uh, Bill runs over and gets, like, a big pair of pliers. Out is there, of the a, is there a wink here? Like, is it like a, no. a geld him? No, he, he just, he just sort of says, oh, go on, get, get geld him. And he goes and pulls some pliers out of the fire. They're, like, red hot. Oh, no. And uh, kind of goes down. Oh, no. And uh, Kieran swears... He says, he says, I, I know where, I, I think I know where he might be, where his camp is. I hate them even more than I hate you. Like, please take me with you. I'll, I'll, I'll take you to one of their camps. Arthur assembles a crew and they follow, follow Kieran's lead. Kieran is sat on the back of um, John's horse. Uh, John says it's very strange to be riding with an O'Driscoll. And he keeps saying, I'm not no O'Driscoll. And uh, John says, you sure as hell look like an O'Driscoll. My God, you... God, you smell like one too. <laughs> Arthur and Bill bicker, as they often do, uh, over some throwing knives like an old married couple. No. Um, at this point, they find a way to the Driscoll camp, cutting down dozens, bang, 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 hail of bullets and knives. At one point, Arthur is thrown to the ground by the last man left in the camp, who this horrible-looking old man who points a gun in his face. And, like, Arthur is defenseless on the ground, gun in the face, and... Uh, Pulls the trigger, bang! Uh, the man collapses dead, and the camera pulls round to show young Kieran holding a smoking gun. Yay! Okay, sorry, I guess we can trust Patchy Beard after he's ask, all. He's asking Ar- Arthur. Is right. Patchy Beard joining the family? Arthur is. Uh, What's his name again? <laughs> Kieran. Um, there is at this camp, crucially, no sign of comb. So Arthur immediately gets up, puts a gun in Kieran's face. <laughs> And says you like basically says you set us up, and Combe say, and Kieran says if I was trying to set you up, why did I save your life there? Yeah. And Bill Bill Williamson comes around and goes, he's got a point, Arthur. <laughs> they kind of, um, uh, Arthur, Arthur makes, dumber than Bill. No. <laughs> Arthur Arthur's Arthur's probably top half intelligence in the gang. Oh wow. He says he Arthur lets Kieran go, saying he's free to go. You you can leave now. You, we're not going to keep you captive. And Kieran says I can't go. Come will kill me. Mm. I'm one of you now. And Arthur says, give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Arthur and Dutch are speaking back at camp. Arthur wants to know if they're ready to head back west yet. Feels like things have changed. Feels like the whole world's changed. They don't want folks like us anymore. We're being hunted. They ever wanted folks like them? Dutch says... Oh, yeah, no, prior to laws. Like, Wild West, literally laws didn't exist, right? That's my understanding of Uh, it. I mean, like, definitely there was more of a use for men like this, but now the army is everywhere and the police, there's police in big towns and there's like, yeah, we're we're in the wilderness for most of this. Anyway. (laughs) I've got my first one in. Anyhow. (laughs) Anyhow. Will it work then? (laughs) So, Arthur says, they don't want folks like us anymore. We're being hunted. Dutch says, we are smarter than them, Arthur. That's how he speaks. Only the feeblest of men take jobs in the government. (laughs) Sorry. It's a good line. Apropos. (laughs) Dutch's partner, Molly. So Dutch has a girlfriend, Chase. Um, her name is Molly O'Shea. She's very Irish. Fracking dress. Yeah. Um, oh, she said she's very Irish. Well, there is some. Uh, I see some Irish that, green there. She's reading it. She's reading a book, and she pipes up and says, "Arthur, we just have to trust trust Dutch, okay? Just trust him." Lenny rides into camp. Uh, you asked where he'd gone with Micah. Mm. Um, they had ridden ahead to the next town, Strawberry, to a town called Strawberry. Fucking <laughs> um, hate these town names. Look great. To uh, to scout ahead. Yeah, it went bad. Uh, Mike has been kidnapped. The men in Strawberry tried to lynch Lenny. <gasps> Lenny? Lenny. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. He managed to escape. They say He says, there's talk of hanging Micah. Arthur says, here's hoping. <laughs> and Dutch says, Arthur! And Arthur says, what? The fool brought it on himself. You know my feelings about him, Dutch. It was... Our, it was Micah's ratty hair, right? Mackie yeah. ra- Micah yeah. ratty hair likes to blast. Oh, Just started blasting. We can leave him. Dutch tells Arthur he has to go and rescue Micah. <laughs> but before that, uh, he needs to take Lenny into town for a drink to calm down. He's clearly very shaken up. And he p- grabs Arthur and he says, no crazy business. And Arthur says, I've given that up. I've yeah. given that up. Quiet pints with Lenny. As of the last hour. <laughs> uh, specifically drink related. Lenny is one of the uh, members of the gang that Arthur is clearly very fond of. He doesn't take jibes at him. He's clearly concerned if he's okay. Um, Arthur is 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 like a big brother to everyone, but there's some members of the gang who he's clearly like mm. got a lot of time for. Sees him as a little brother. Lenny's a very good egg. Now is probably the best time to uh, mention that this episode is sponsored by our merch store. Uh, so Lord Up has a merch store where we sell t-shirts, mugs, your stickers, your usual stuff. And very, very recently, as of a couple of days prior to the release of this video, we released our latest t-shirt. So long-time members will know that we covered the Remedyverse recently, Alan Wake, Quantum Break, Control, etc. And... Uh, Friend of the channel, Pleo, uh, has designed a brand new t-shirt for us to sell on the store. It's the Egg Etc. t-shirt. It is fantastic. It incorporates the geometry of control. It incorporates the light aspects of Alan Wake. And of course, it incorporates the egg from Quantum Break. <laughs> baby, 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 yeah, egg, etc. Um, so now available on the merch store. Links in the description underneath the like button, the subscribe button, and the Discord button. And can I just say on a personal note, thank you so much to the Lore Dump uh, merch store for choosing to sponsor us today. <laughs> it's our first sponsorship on Lore Dump, <laughs> and it means a lot. It uh, really does. We're, we're going places. Mm, we are, we are. Anyway, back to the episode. The boys head to the bar and sit down. <clears throat> Lenny says, just one drink, Arthur. Arthur says, of course, no big drama. Um, There's a no big what, sorry? Drama. <laughs> drama. There is an annoying drunk sitting at the bar next to them. 
who is trying to wind Lenny and Arthur up as they're having a drink. Uh, at one point, he says, he just says to them, my lord, you men is dull. <laughs> Why, are they not rising to him? Well, as the as the man continues to talk, the camera pulls in on Arthur's face uh, and the music swells and the noise kind of drowns out and we see his face getting kind of contorted and we have the option to um, hit the man, mm-hmm. threaten the man, or charm the man. Arthur, in this case, chooses to charm the man. Oh, okay. He says, listen, buddy, you're a charming fellow, one of the best, but me and the kid are just trying to talk business, no offence intended. And the man wanders off saying, well, I was trying to be friendly. Um, <laughs> Chase, the boys have more than one drink. Uh, How many drinks do they have, Neil? Impossible to say. We get a compilation of their drunken am- am- antics and snippets of conversation throughout the night as the night gets crazier and crazier. Um, there are like a mixture of silly moments in here, sweet moments in here. There's a moment here in the balcony where they're both laughing and giggling. And Lenny suddenly says, why weren't you ever married? And Arthur goes, no one would have me. Um, I forget my favorite moment in this. At one point, and I've I've screenshotted this so you can see it. At one point, it looks like a fight's about to break out. It's very blurry. Uh, this man is swinging to punch you, and then we smash cut to uh, the entire bar can canning. <laughs> That's the, that's the man who is about to hit you. And you're playing uh, quite a bit of this, right? Yeah, There's you're like wandering around. Yeah. Arthur eventually gets so drunk that he starts to see everyone in the bar as Lenny. <laughs> like there are like a hundred people in the bar and they've all got Lenny's face. And he's wanting and where there's usually the like antagonize, greet dialogue, it's just like Lenny misspelled on both sides. So it's like Lemney and Lenny me. And he's just got and so Arthur's just wandering around your pressing buttons, he's going, Lenny! Um, listeners I don't want to interrupt too much but this entire time Chase has in fact been looking to buy Red Dead Redemption are you still doing that here you go take it I I was on the Amazon page are you just watching me as I scrolled because this is one of the best bits yeah you're talking through one of the lovely bits this game is less lovely this is really like a real moment that the fan base love and talk about yeah yeah so no uh, put it away put it down enjoy the can can and the million Lennies. Enjoy the million Lennies. <laughs> um, so, and there's uh, the night ends with Arthur running away from the law, uh, running away from the sheriff. It's all in slow motion, and he's shouting, Whoever take me alive! And <laughs> laugh liberty in the pursuit of happiness! Um, he awakes the next morning on like the top of a hill overlooking the town under a tree and is violently sick. On a mission after this, the next day, we rescue Reverend Swanson. The gang's holy man. Oh. We'll see him in a second. Uh, he's the ginger guy from the very start of the game. He's been drinking and gambling and gets himself suck, stuck on some train tracks. Classic priest things. Yeah. He's <laughs> a very troubled man. Um, Arthur eventually manages to free him, and they literally, like, the second the train steams past, they get themselves out of the way. Um, Reverend Swanson is furious, saying, you threw me off a bridge, which he didn't. Um... Uh, and he's, he cuts a sorry figure, does reverence once, and he's a very pained man. But um, we take him back to camp, put him to bed, and Miss Grimshaw, who I've mentioned a few times, who's sort of in charge of the day-to-day of the camp, um, she asks what happened, and Arthur replies, just the usual. Poor bastard. Oh, does he just get drunk and wander off? Uh, he, he's got a, he's got an alcohol and a morphine problem. Ah. Um, Strauss. Strauss, we go and do some work for Strauss. I mentioned what Strauss does. Uh, the money lender. I thought that we only stole from people who stole. Yeah, it does seem a little hypocritical, doesn't it? 
Yeah, your lending is interest is capitalism. Yeah. Um, Arthur goes and roughhouses a few people to get money back. Most of this is like the first couple they paint as like fun missions. Like there's a guy who's like, screw you, and runs mm. across the field and you chase him down. And then there's a guy who you do, it's a bit more horrible. You have to take some stuff from his house to cover the value. And then the last one is the worst. Um, we head to the Downs farm, the Downs family, uh, and we find Thomas Downs working in the field. Um, he's a sweetheart, and he doesn't have the money, and Arthur beats the hell out of him. Why? Because um, that's his job. He's, he's his job. You, you dick. He's running out on debts. Um, this man is also coughing. The ho- He's clearly very sick. He is coughing violently the whole time. And Arthur hits him a couple of times and says, listen, you've got, you've got a lot more time. Get us our, get us our goddamn money. Well, before um, you die. <laughs> and as for one of the first times in the game, we don't control Arthur as he rides away, the camera pans out and we see a cut scene of Arthur kind of riding and there's very sort of ominous music playing because um, this is just depressing. Next up, time to rescue Micah. We head over to Strawberry. Do we, do we need to? Well, I'm gonna head, I'm gonna describe Strawberry briefly. Strawberry's kind of a mountain town. Strawberry's really interesting because it looks quite old westy, but it's actually a tourist town. It's been kind of partly designed for New Yorkers to come down and like having a rich New Yorkers to have like an authentic country experience. It's not a theme park. It's a real place where people live, but it's all very like it's all very lovely. It's very rainy actually, and there's a jail there. And Micah's in here, and we go round to the great. He's at the side, and um. As you can see from this caption, he says he's not decided yet whether he's going to rescue him. And he finally has a chance to, like, sit down. Micah, he's a captive audience, and he says to Micah, I have heard so much bluster out of your mouth the last six months. I might get an opportunity to watch you be silenced. Like, this is a good chance for me. And Micah says, I have always looked up to you, Arthur. Nonsense. And Arthur says, well, that's your first mistake. (laughs) Eventually... We remember Dutch's orders and we bust him out. There's actually a couple of ways to do this. Most people, what they do is there's like a, a bit of machinery with a chain and you pull the wall out. Um, uh, so you kind of pull the wall away. Uh, Micah manages to jump out. Um, Micah is handed a gun by Arthur and immediately shoots his cellmate in the head. Oh, um, why? Ar- Arthur says, what the hell? And he goes, oh, oh, he was in a Driscoll. Um, Got any proof? <laughs> Um, Micah proceeds to the plan is to get him out right out now Micah proceeds to go and stop by a house because he says a man has one of his guns he shoots the man dead and due to his actions we have to like shoot this entire town dead like not the like the lawman we probably end up shooting 50 people it's chaotic they just about make it out Arthur's a proper grump the whole time as well isn't he He's just like, why are we in this situation? Why'd you do that? What's going on? Oh, bang, bang, bang. Like, yeah. They managed to escape just, and it is absolute carnage. Micah is insane. He just shoots up this whole town, uh, and you're kind of forced to help get him out of there. I just love killing. I just love killing. It's carnage. They barely make it out. Arthur berates Micah, uh, and Micah says, why do you act so sour all the time? You're, you're a real funny fellow, Arthur. You're real funny. Um, and Arthur says, you're not funny at all. <laughs> uh, is, is there a... Hold on, go back to the screenshot, because I'm noticing that there is a wanted up in the corner. Is oh, there yeah. a... Bounty system, oh, wanted system. Yes. Be arrested. If you get arrested, there's a percentage chance that you are you can get broken out by your gang members. Uh, happens if you don't? Uh, you, so every time you, you lose a bit of money. Hmm. Uh, Classic GTA sort of style. 
Uh, Micah responds, we're family now, Arthur. You and me. We're sons of Dutch. That makes us brothers. Sometimes brothers make mistakes. And uh, Micah runs off into the hills because he knows that Dutch is going to be very angry with him and he's going off to prepare like a present, basically, to, <laughs> to work his way back into the gang. Rescuing Sean. We can't go back into Blackwater. Um, the boys discover that Sean is being moved to a bounty camp outside of the town. Arthur finds uh, Charles and a couple of others scouting the town from up on a hill. Uh, Trelawney's there as well. He tells you the government or people that the government... Trelawney? Yeah, the, the guy with the top hat. The confidence. Con man, Arthur. Oh. Trelawney tells you um, the government or people who the government seem to like are very Arthur- angry with you boys, Arthur. Arthur says it's a big country. They will be fine. The boys go a shooting. Yeah. Um, that guy's hanging from a tree. That's Sean. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so as you can see, Sean is hanging upside down from a tree here. Why? Um uh, I don't know. The, the the boys kill all the bounty hunters and cut them down. Sean is uh great. Sean is Irish and very talkative and belligerent and annoying. Everyone finds him annoying. Um <laughs> he talks a lot. Uh he tells Arthur that he looked a lot less ang- ugly from the other angle. Oh, rude. He says, do I get a hug? A warm embrace for our brother found. Uh, Arthur tells him, listen, nothing means more to me than this gang. The bond we share. I'd kill for it. I'd happily die for it. It's the most real thing to me. Oh. In spite of all that, I would have happily left you the die and rot there if Charles hadn't stopped me. Um, <laughs> and Sean says, I don't believe a word of that. And Arthur goes, get him out of here! <laughs> In a kind of very brotherly way. He passes him to the and goes, get him out of here! And Sean says, you're a great man, Arthur Morgan. It's clear that if Lenny is Arthur's nice younger brother, Sean is the pain in the ass little brother. Right, but it's still like a fondness, but it's oh, like... Oh, yeah, 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 but, like, but Sean is very annoying, like, but in a, in a kind of lovable way. That night, uh, they head back to the camp where they have a party. Um, periodically, you will have, like, parties at the camp where they'll stay up late at night. You can stay up as long as you want. People will, like, play music, sing songs, swap stories. You can get really pissed. Um, like the more he drinks, the more he staggers around the standard. Lenny, Lenny, um, and you can stay up all night. They celebrate well into the night. Um, it's very pretty, though, isn't it? It's like oh, lanterns it's get lit. Lanterns, it's yeah. lovely. I've got one later on. You'll see. They swap stories. They've all been through the wars, but they're all still here as a unit. Mary. The next morning. Who's Mary again? His wife? Question mark. No. Well, the woman he's got the picture. He's of got a his... picture of Mary by right. his bed. Arthur is single. Hear that, Chase? Ready to mingle. Um, so what I'm hearing is that he can go to the brothels. You can you can go into hotels and get a bath. Arthur gets visibly oh, grimier. The, well, yeah, the lo- but not like, quite like that. Arthur gets visibly grimier the longer you play. Like, the dirt accumulates, and he can go and wash in the river. He can go and, walk, go and get a steaming bath, and you can pay an extra 50p for, like... <laughs> Uh, a woman to come in and she just all she does is like wash you wash your shoulders and uh, there's something kind of sad and tender about it because it's some of the only times Arthur like talks openly Um, he's in this little safe space and he'll say things about how oh yeah things have been really difficult recently oh that's really nice oh yeah it's just been tough um, and there's something quite sweet about it. Um, but that morning, back at camp... So, Arthur... question, I have a question. Um, so, you have your, your working ladies. Mm-hmm. Um, none of the camp members necessarily consort with the working ladies. Well, they, they consort, but they don't, yes, they don't they pay do. for services. They do. Oh, they so, do. Right, well, okay. It's, it's, a lot of it's not explicit. We'll cover it more later on. Abigail, 
uh, was a sex worker. Uh, John's, the mother John, of John's, John's child, John's was a sex worker. Right. They are, like, exclusive, the two of them together. She doesn't work anymore. Right. But, like, she was a sex worker, and it's heavily implied that she she would have been with other members of the gang before do, John. Do you think that was her choice to become exclusive? Do you think John gives a shit? In his own way, yeah, he loves you her. Think? He loves her, okay. yeah. Um, the next morning, Arthur wakes to find a letter by his bed. Mm. It's from his former love, Mary. She creeps through the woods at night and just went, whoop! How they get letters is interesting because they move around a lot. So they have like a forwarding address which is a fake name called uh, Tac- Tacitus Kilgore, who they oh, all call, who's a, he's not real, but basically whenever they go into a town, they say, could all mail for, for sort of Tacitus Kilgore, you know, be, be so, and then someone will go into town, pick up the mail and, and drop it at Arthur's bed. I'll read the letter to you. Oh. She says, it's me. You know it's me from the bad handwriting. I've written this so letter. So she's been writing all the title cards. <laughs> <laughs> she says, I've written this letter a hundred times or more and I cannot get it right. Uh, I know that when we last spoke, I was going off to get married. I said we'd never speak again. I know I said a lot of things, and I meant them, I suppose, at the time. But I'm not so proud as to not speak for the people who cared for me, or the people I care for. I've been in Valentine for a couple of months. I had some bad luck. Well, it's a long story, and not an interesting one, but I'm here now. I saw a couple of the girls, or whatever the polite term for them is, that ran with you and your associates in town, and I heard heard of a man that sounded like you. I would love to see you again. If you could spare me a little of your time, I'm renting a room at Chadwick Farm just north of Valentine. Arthur heads over to meet them. Now, this is a personal choice, but for me, Arthur is very nervous about this. For me, Arthur goes into town, has his hair cut. Puts, <laughs> you could get like hair, like pomade to like slick your hair back. For me, Arthur puts on a suit for this, my Arthur. Uh, and he heads to the door and he's like standing on the doorstep. It's, she's staying at a kind of like hostel. He knocks on the door. And a lady comes out with a gun and he goes, um, uh, you know, pardon me, I'm here for Mary. And as he's waiting for her to come out, he's sort of standing, shuffling, standing on the spot. He's very, he's very anxious. We've um, all been there. Mary emerges. Hello, Arthur. Um, she heard the gang was around. Her husband's died. Arthur says he's sorry. It was pneumonia. He says that's a bad business. Mary's brother, Jamie, needs help. He's run away to join a religious cult, the Chelonians. Uh, Arthur's like, oh, right, so you just call me when you need me then. Like, mm-hmm. after everything your family put me through, she's from a, her father's very sort of old money, horrible, never liked Arthur because he was a bit of a, a tearaway. They were clearly much younger when they were together. And he says, oh, you just need me now. And she says, it's Jamie. And so she fully knows what his business is. Oh, yeah. yeah she yeah, knows okay. the gang. She, like, um, but he says, your lot always looked down on me. Um but Arthur says he always liked Jamie more than the rest of her family. She, he's the kind of kid brother. Arthur finds the Chelonians uh, atop a nearby mountain. Um, they are sort of dressed in sort of tabards with a little uh, turtle on them. And as Arthur approaches, they all gather around in a little group and, sh- and sort of start muttering, shell of safety, shell of safety, shell of safety. Um, <laughs> I don't remember this. Is this a choice? No, this no, is main story, yeah. I don't remember this. Um, Jamie is in the group. Arthur has to, like, uh, through dialogue options, it depends how you kind of get Jamie to talk to you. So the religious leader of the group is kind of like, what do you believe in? And Arthur can kind of either be like, nothing, I'm going to beat her up. Or he can be like, or he sort of tries to stumble his way through some philosophy. Eventually, the man tells you that you can speak to Jamie. Jamie doesn't want anything to do with it. He's like, everyone's trying to control me. He runs away in his horse. Um, I've not seen he's not seen Arthur in, like, since he was a little boy He's Jamie's probably like 18 he's, he's young um, he runs away there's a big chase in shoes 
Um, eventually, Arthur tracks him down. And Jamie's kind of manic. He's got a gun from somewhere. And he's waving it around, pointing it at Arthur. And eventually points it at his own head. And oh, says that no. he doesn't want to live anymore. Arthur talks him down, tries to talk him down. Um, doesn't manage to do that. And so has to go into slow motion mode and shoot the gun out of Jamie's hand. Jamie says he doesn't know why he's done that. He's, he's, he's so confused. It's clear that Jamie is very damaged by his father. Uh, who had a bunch of expectations from him. And as a kind of seeking for meaning, he's run away to join this group. But he knows it's a bit silly. Um, Arthur takes him back to his sister. And on the, on the way back, uh, Jamie's asking him, saying, oh, are, you, are you and Mary sweet on each other again? I really missed you. Arthur says that's all a long time ago. It's all in the past. Um, Arthur gives Jamie some career advice, <laughs> um, which consists of him going, well, what do you like? And Jamie goes, I don't know. He goes, well, you must like something. And Jamie goes, I like apples. And Arthur goes, and Arthur goes, well, that maybe that's something. Go and work in an orchard. Um, <laughs> Arthur's trying very hard to be, like, supportive. It's it's interesting that Arthur is not saying, oh, join a bunch of outlaws. You oh, know, go show no. some people. No, he wouldn't. He wouldn't, I don't think. So he, he um, looks, views his way of life as something that... Well, we've already heard Arthur say they don't want us anymore. This is a dying way of life. Um... We Jamie's very embarrassed about the cult thing and he tells him it's okay, kid. And Jamie's hugging him and he hugs him back and he says, There ain't no shame in looking for a better world. Oh. Um Arthur they, they clearly go back a lot. Arthur taught him to ride a horse when he was little and everything. They uh they drop him back at his sister. Mary and Jamie are boarding a train to go back home to their father. Arthur helps them with their bags. Mary tries to say something but stops herself and says to Arthur, I know you'll never change. He looks on from the station as they disappear into the That's distance. That's so unfair. Like, I know you'll never change. That's literally the reason why she got in contact was so that he could go and save her kid brother. That wasn't... He would have done that 20 years ago. He's, he's, right. She just knows his way of life will never change. Uh, okay. um, Arthur writes in his diary about her. She says that, He says that woman can sort of play me for a loop like no one else. He says, I trust I will not make a god-awful fool of myself once more. Somehow I imagine I shall. Oh, <laughs> it's so, it's, sorry, like, the, the writing is so good for yeah. Arthur. Like, the insightfulness and the poetry yeah. being so baseline in the vocabulary. It's just, it's just fantastic. It's just great. Yeah, I love it. Is. The writing is so good. Back at camp, John is planning a robbery. John is? Yeah. Oh, he's made it back to camp. Yeah. Oh, no, he's been there the whole time. He's just been oh, recovering. Okay. You can see his scars are sort of stitched up now. His kisses. His kisses. From Abigail. Abigail's kisses. Um, uh, so I can say right now, by the way, uh, in in our avatars for this, I am Dutch, you are Arthur Neil, and Chase, you are John. <laughs> I'm offended. Uh, you shouldn't be. John is... You might be offended by how little he's in a lot of this game. Yes, yes. I want to be... But he's a bit of a fan favourite. you said is the second best character? Oh, Sadie. Uh, Sadie. I want to be Sadie. I should have, I should have done Sadie. Sadie. Yeah. Sadie, you Sadie. have time to change it. Well, again, Sadie has not appeared at all. Sadie will appear brief, shortly. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the characters kind of come into their own later in the game. Yeah. Uh, Arthur here is, while well, hearing about the plan, he tells, uh, he tells John, you might be the first bastard to ever have half... His brain's eaten by a wolf and come out more intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's an ultimate bird. Yeah. I'm gonna remember that for and then, episodes. When when they, they kind of they're preparing something for a heist and when they come back from that, he tells them, Next time let the wolves eat all your brain, then you'll be a genius. <laughs> <laughs> 
No notes. Um, ten out of ten. Jack, <laughs> Jack is John and Abigail's son, who we met briefly. The Boy Scout. Yeah. No, he's like teeny. He's, he's, like, he's a Boy four. Scout. He looks like a Boy Scout. Wait, oh, he looks no, like a Boy Scout. Look at that uniform. He's like yeah. barely a toddler. He's just older than a toddler. Really. I mean, I think Boy Scout's yeah. pretty accurate, yeah, right? You can't join the Scouts until you're about ten. I still think the characterization. Oh, I still think the. <laughs> I still think the characterization is accurate for Wee Jack to be a Wee Scout. I, I think Scout implies like. Uh, intent and at this age he's much more like look at the flowers I oh, love yeah. mommy I'm um, just looking at his outfit looks like a scout I uniform listen you're, you're, you're entitled to your if that's how you remember who Wee Jack is <laughs> fine so um, Abigail says you know can you take him out can Uncle Arthur can you take out uh, Jack to do something sorry sorry I have a question uh, entirely yeah. set from Red Dead I've got a question about the Scouts because in the UK in the UK and I think you could back me up on this because I think we both did Cubs and Scouts I did Cubs and Scouts yeah so so Cubs and Scouts, Scouts Cubs and Scouts in the UK is a very fun cool. facts fun facts with, with Chase I'm I'm an Eagle Scout I don't know what that means so no no hold on hold on I've got questions well, I've got questions for you so, so in the UK the Cubs and the Scouts are very British Queen and country, you learn off the land, but you're always going back to the queen. It's, it's like, America, it's it's very it's patriot. It's the flag. Yeah, oh, it's the flag. It's the constitution. It's, it's the flag. It's the country. Sure, it's very easy. Jack is very small, and his dad's a bit shit. Um, <laughs> on on Abigail's request, uh, Uncle Arthur takes him. His dad's a bit shit. That's why he's my avatar. Thank you. <laughs> no, no, you're not shit. He's just a shit dad. Yeah. And to be fair. You're a shit dad, by definition. I won't give too much away. By definition of not having children. Exactly. John is I picked you because I always go for recognisable characters. John is a fan favourite for reasons that Neil will get into. But John is a fan favourite. Well, the fans are wrong. Just you wait, man. Wait till we see. We came round on Riku. Arthur takes him fishing on Abigail's request. Um, this is where we learn our fishing mechanic. He's got a little fishing For pole. For fuck's sake, we're still tutorials. He's got a little... Oh, Chase, they never end. <laughs> he's got a little fishing pole that his uncle Hosea made for him. It's very sweet because he's got lots of male role models in his life. Some of them, like Michael, you wouldn't want to have. But, like, Arthur's very sweet with him and is trying to understand, you know, how to talk to him. And he teaches him how to fish. Uh, Arthur is more of a dad to Jack than John is, it sounds at like. At this point. For sure. Yeah, okay. Um, while at the river, Jack says... Fishing sure is boring, Uncle Arthur. <laughs> and Arthur says, sure. But then something happens and you have food for days. Um, Jack decides he's going to go and make a flower crown for his mum rather than fish. And he goes and he makes a little... Fo- he's such a sweet little soul. Oh, bless. He's a very sweet boy. As someone who's been fishing uh, and, and like knows how to fish and has gone many a time... Uh, it is boring as shit. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, people pretend it isn't. It's boring as and shit. And I, I, I remember saying to someone, oh, it'd be quite a nice day because you bring some beers, you could play yeah. some music. And they were like, no, you can't play music because that'll scare off the fish with the vibrations. Well, oh, great. Yeah, what are we doing? Fantastic. We're standing here in silence for two um, hours. Yeah. As, as they pack up to leave, Arthur and Jack are approached by two men on horses. What a fine young man. And in such complex circumstances, these men know who we are. They've got badges. They've got bowler hats, which means you don't like them, Chase. It's true. It's a good indicator. The only person I like in a bowler hat is Charlie Chaplin. Um, They are with... The men who know who we are. They're with the Pinkerton Detective Agency, and they are hunting Dutch. So, so very quickly, I have questions for Chase on this. 
Okay. Pinkertons are very well known. You know who the Pinkertons were. That, I know who the, you know that, who they are. I don't, but the name instantly sounds like, familiar. They were like pre. Like, crazy. I, I instantly recognize the they name. They were like pre super police. Are we? Or, or, or is it? Is it the FBI or the C? Is the FBI that are police going to the FBI? They are basically oh, like yeah. the super police. They're yeah. union oh, okay. busters. They're, they are scum. Yeah, they were. Oh, they, were they, they suck. Sorry, not busters. to get political, but they suck. Yeah, they were union, but and but they were also like high-level agents, and a Dutch is a high-level target. This is Agent Milton, who's in charge, and this is Agent Ross. Milton, I remember creeping me out when Milton I Milton is a horrible little oh. man. He's the leader. He calls wow. Arthur a classic case, an orphan street kid seduced by the maniac's silver tongue. They all mature into degenerate murderers. Oh, he tells them, the he says, there's a $5,000 bounty on Arthur's head alone. Oh. Arthur turns to him and said, can I turn myself in? <laughs> <laughs> they know all about the robbery on Leviticus Cornwall's train. Milton offers you amnesty if you turn Dutch in. Oh. Milton then reveals that he killed your former gangmate, Mac Callender, who you guys don't know. We heard about Mac at the start with Mac and Davey. Mac was with them for years. So, um, so, so Mac died on the boat heist. Mac was kidnapped after the boat heist. And, oh, now he's dead. And, Mil- and Milton killed him. He said, Mac was dying anyway, so what I did was kind of uh, kind of like a service. I, it was very... Scum, but then scum. he says, but then he says, I did it very slowly. Oh, just, um, just the worst. Arthur, upon hearing this, reached for his gun. Jack's behind, he's got Jack behind him. He reaches for his gun, but uh, Agent Ross holds his up first. Arthur says, you enjoy being a rich man's toy, do you? <laughs> and uh, Milton says, Milton says, I enjoy society, flaws and all. You people venerate savagery and you will die yeah. savagely. I'm not and someone then, who looks uh, back on the Wild West fondly because obviously I didn't live there, right? But like, and I enjoy Red Dead for so many reasons. But I understand why it died out. I think the Pinkertons are an evil organization, like pure scum, so pure um, like unbridled in, devil scum. In a side mode, um, Kill as with half the classic American things, uh, founded by the Scottish. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we've yeah, done absolutely. so yeah. much damage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. I did, I'm not... researching my yeah. show. I'm not being... Sorry. I'm on Wikipedia. <laughs> I also didn't realize there was still a thing. Uh, yeah. We got a really aware. weird logo. I was also about to get to it. He says, you will die savagely. Arthur turns back to him and says, oh, we are all going to die, Agent. <laughs> As they turn to leave, Arthur having rejected their author, Agent Ross, he turns to the little Jack and says, enjoy your fishing, kid, while you still can. Arthur heads back to camp. Um, oh, it's so Abigail is just the loveliest mum in the world. You'd want it. she's a hard woman. She's tough. She, obviously, she runs with this gang. She's so lovely. He hands her the flower crown. She says, "Ain't I the luckiest mum?" And, oh, and, and she profoundly thanks Arthur, Uncle Arthur. Arthur talks to Dutch immediately and says, "We need to move now. The Pinkertons are like there." And they know about you, and they tried to get you to turn in, to mm. turn you in. And Dutch says, "Why didn't you turn me in?" Arthur thinks this is a hilarious. It's like so out of the bounds of his. <laughs> like he would never have even thought of that, and he laughs. The boys rob uh, another train with a cool plan that John came up with. Uh, Sean is here. He's very excited to be involved with uh, with with Arthur. Is it, is it a good sounding plan? John's come up with a good plan. Yeah. Oh, he stole it. He stole it from no. someone. It's 100% stole it. No. John can't come up with a plan. No, it was in his sleep. Uh, 
Abigail the wolf came to him <laughs> and spoke to him. <laughs> big they dumb dumb. They take a big wagon full of oil. It's a badass. I didn't get a, a screen grab of it. They park a barrel of oil in the middle of a train track, and Arthur stands on top of it with a gun in the air, and the like train is forced to stop. Ah, um, cool, cool, um, cool, okay. Sean is buzzing to be out and about again. He teases Arthur for being old and says that, Arthur, oh, you only hate me because this is the changing of the guard. And he's going to have this, like, banter. Um, I would follow Sean to the ends of the earth. Yeah. <laughs> they bought, the boys rob some sheep with another decent plan that John came up with. Um, no, he stole it, stole yeah. it, stole it. John doesn't have good well, plans. Arthur still thinks John is a bit of a waster. He's a bad dad who, quote, can't even swim. This is a really funny <laughs> reference uh, in... in not with John, but in previous Rockstar games, the old GTAs, the old Red Deads, mm. they didn't have swimming mechanics. And if your character jumped in the water, you would just die. So a lot of people think this is a reference to like previous <laughs> Rockstar games. Who the hell is Leviticus Cornwall? You mentioned him way, way, way back. When. What was the con- context for that? He owned the train that he you the train placed. Nice! You're paying attention. I am! I love Thank you. you. I'm so happy you think I can't here. multitask while I'm looking up Amazon no, no, listings for Red Dead? Stop going on Amazon! <laughs> no, now he's looking up American history. <laughs> currently, I'm on AO3 looking at anal sex fix with oh, Arthur Morgan. God. Do not go on there. There's so many spoilers, spoilers. online. I swear I'm not to God. Going yet. This one, Hidden Canyon, featuring Arthur Morgan and the player character. Um, Who the hell is Leviticus Cornwall? Arthur and Dutch meet for a drink at the bar in Valentine. Uh, The the camp's Austrian moneylender Strauss is just leaving. Arthur clearly has some qualms about how the business is done here, but nevertheless continues to act as his enforcer. Uh, Dutch says here... Nothing like talking to old Strauss to make you want to blow your own brains out. <laughs> I should have left him where I found him all those years ago. And uh, Arthur says the Dutch Vanderlyn finishing school certainly has some strange graduates. It's a proper colourful crew, isn't it? Like, really, all shapes and sizes, all sorts of people. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, a lot of these people wouldn't fit in anywhere else. Mm. As they're sitting having a drink, a voice comes from outside the bar. Vanderlyn, get out here now! It's Leviticus Cornwall, the man whose train we robbed. Oh, he looks rich. You don't know me, but you keep robbing me. My name (laughs) is Leviticus Cornwall, and I am not a man to be messed with by the likes of you. Tory, Tory, straight up Tory. He's got, like, an army of police with him. Oh, Tory, Um, such a Tory. And, crucially, he has John and Strauss hostage Mm, outside. That's okay. And he says... Um, John thinks it's part of the plan (laughs) (laughs) Um, Where we're going will there be wolves (laughs) As he's shouting outside uh, Dutch and Arthur scramble for a plan inside Uh, Arthur says it's time for a classic Dutch you head out you spin a yarn Classic Dutch Yeah you spin it Dutch's gift you spin a yarn to distract the men, and I'll come out and I'll decide when it's ready to start attacking. Like he Dutch put plus ten into charisma. Like oh for sure, um, Dutch goes out and starts talking. Cornwall, by the way, is so unfazed by this. Like this is kind of a, a gnat on his on his boot. He sort of goes, "Okay, you deal with that. I've got other stuff to do," and he disappears. Oh, he's um, gone. All right. Uh, Dutch comes out and starts talking about a tragic case of mistaken identity. Um, there's quite a cool moment here where Arthur, uh, John spots Arthur through the window and they lock eyes and John nods and Arthur comes out, slow motion, tagging everyone, bang, Dutch pulls out his guns. Um, they rescue their men 
and everything goes to hell. The whole town descends on them again. My God. Wait, so Valentine now hits The you. men of Valentine cue a big fight. Bang, oh, bang, So bang. on to Strawberry now. Next to town. Um, time, it's, it is, it's time to leave. As they reach the camp to pack up, Hosea, our other, uh, our other gay dad, is complaining that we've turned into a bunch of killers. We don't even have the delusion to be anything but. Did he even hear about what happened in Strawberry? Does he know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, he will he does, have. Yeah, okay. uh, 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 Arthur will have told them. Mm. Yeah. They, 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 it's Dad, Dutch, Micah made me shoot some guys. Du- Dutch, and, uh, Dutch and Hosea are arguing with each other, uh, further uh, cementing the dad's thing. But they, re- they raised Arthur. They argue about the state they're in, and Hosea storms off. Dutch, Dutch says he's constipated as usual. <laughs> Dutch sends Arthur and Charles. Do you remember Charles? He's our Native American um, uh, sort of bow yes. expert. Yes, he's a badass. He's got a deep voice, and he's so calm and cool. Um, Dutch sends Arthur and Charles out to scout a location recommended by Micah. Place called Newbury Creek. I immediately don't trust it. While they get there, they realize the place is awful. It's like liable to get flooded. Great. It's like useless to set up tents. So I find it so interesting that you have immediately like been like Micah, worst guy, and all he's done is to, to be fair to Micah, all he's done is shut up a town. Like he's he's, he's a bit of a prick, but he's shut up. Oh a no, I think Chase had decided way before then that he was. A bit you of saw a he prick. looked ratty, and you were like, not this guy. I mean, yes, because it's a video game, and they're going to make the villains look ratty. You think he's a villain? Okay. I right. think that he is absolutely going to. End he's up part of the sta- gang. He's going to stab us in the back. Um, I will not be surprised. When he ultimately joins the Pinkertons. Well, I was about to make you Micah, so put it out. <laughs> You're a dick. Um, so, not friends anymore. While scouting about um, Micah's terrible suggestion, they go a little further and they find a sort of abandoned camp with a terrified young German family hiding under this wagon. Oh, no. Um, the, uh, the mother's brandishing a gun. Um, she can barely speak English, just a couple of I know words. it's America, but I feel like... Guns are so easy to come by then. She's terrified and, and through a kind of garbled little bit of English, she, man- she manages to get out that some men have taken her husband. Charles says... That's oh, okay. Everybody's getting kidnapped. Wow, yeah. Charles says, we need to go and rescue him. Arthur says, it's none of their business. Arthur says, I don't even speak their language. And Charles chides him, jabbing him in the t- chest and saying, you ain't as tough and dense as all that. Oh, Charles, looking at yeah, the little Charles, Charles knows that there's a good guy under there and he doesn't understand why he's fronting like some bad boy. So I have a question about Charles. So earlier on, we had the Native Americans who were on the rock watching them pass silently. We had a real yeah. moment there in a test moment. What does Charles think about that? Is he saying anything? Yeah, Char- Charles grew up uh, with a Native American family. Yeah. Um, he, he, he grew up, but due to the moving around and the kind of dispersal of of the people by the government things started falling apart is is one of his parents wasn't present and he just ended up striking out on his own so, so and also charles is like a very interesting from his perspective as well because he is mixed race mm. he has an, an experience of like perhaps feeling like he's maybe not totally belonging you've got the slavery angle and the native american yeah angle, the, the right? slavery it doesn't really show up so much in charles's story because he is you can see from the way he dresses, it's in his culture. He's he is native. He's a Native American. Um, basically, uh, Charles tells him off. They go and track the man uh, to a rather lovely field near a river, round the corner from Micah's terrible suggestion. Oh, um, where the man is hogtied up. 
Uh, they kill his captors, cut him loose, uh, bringing him back to his family. The man cannot speak a word of English, so our lovely German friend. His name is Andreas. We learn from subtitles, the, the captions at the bottom. Um, the family are over the moon. They're very sweet. He's clearly like a wealthy businessman from Europe. Um, so he's, so just out of his, he's just out of his depth. Well, no, he's depth. he's starting a new life for his family. Well, he's not actually. He's he is obviously clearly wealthy because he reaches under a like kind of hidden, taped under the the wheel arch of the caravan. He pulls out a little teeny gold bar and he gives it to Arthur to say thank you. Save your money. These are like yeah. these are like one of the most valuable things you can find in the game. They're worth like five hundred dollars or something. Um, the gang arrive at the new spot, which um, has. Uh, I'm going to start that again. The gang arrive at the new spot shortly behind them. Uh, the field that Arthur and Charles have found, much nicer than Micah's shitty old spot. Um, Dutch tells Arthur he doesn't know where the hell they are, but they are going to make the best of it. We are now down south, boys. Chapter 3, Clemens Point. Mm. Is every chapter named after where we currently are? Yes. Okay. Uh, fun fact. Did you know that the Jolly Roger, the famous uh, skull and crossbones on a pirate ship, was originally red? And a wo- it was made by one woman who would make it in the Caribbean and she would get paid in brandy. And as the years went on, brandy became more expensive. So pirates stopped going to her because red was a very expensive dye. And thus it became black and white. A few days later... <laughs> I, I, why was that relevant? I just think It's a pirate too. fact. Get on board, apparently. <laughs> Get on board the pirate facts. We need to uh, lord up with some pirate franchise. Oh, uh, uh, we we, we won't be. We've There's not many, the unfortunately. A few days later, after settling in, Dutch and Arthur speak down by the river. Uh, they're talking about the south. Uh, Dutch tells Arthur that his daddy died fighting this lot in a field in Pennsylvania. Does he ever tell Arthur that? Many times, says Dutch. <laughs> I see I'm boring you, Arthur. And uh, and Arthur says, no, you're, you're worrying me. Uh, Arthur reminds Dutch that they lost men back up north. Dutch knows, but he says, we've got lofty goals. We are trying to reform society, Arthur, to be a kinder, truer, better way. Of course there are going to be casualties. Arthur thinks they're just thieves. In a world which doesn't want them anymore. Dutch replies, we're dreamers. In an ever duller world of facts. Dutch wants a daddy. The plan is you just cut me off when I said Dutch wants a daddy. Which is... I intended <laughs> to cut you off there. <laughs> Sorry. Continue. After you, please. I think you had a quip, and now the, the moment's gone. It, it is. I, I don't remember what I was going to say. It's all right. It happens to the best of us. <laughs> Dutch wants a father-son day out. No, 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 no. Go back. Dutch wants a daddy-son day out. Thank you. And he decides that he, Arthur, and Hosea are going to go fishing together. We are at a rate now where a daddy appears every episode, and we need to now have a daddy t-shirt. And I don't want to make that, and I don't want to commission That's that. disgusting, isn't it? What have we become? Not, not in a creepy way. I think just a daddy t-shirt. While on the trail, <laughs> while we've hit chaos. The, we've hit chaos point. Sorry, continue, 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 continue. The adult juice. You're doing very, very well. The continue. adult juice is. I'm just noticing that we're calling this adult juice while talking very openly about the adult juices in this game. Absolutely, yeah. Can you stop saying uh, the names of the brands and just say adult hey, juice? Hey, you're the ones who had a big discussion about drinking from the bottle. No, you're totally right. Sorry. While on drinking juice. <laughs> How long is your script? <laughs> do you do you honestly want the answer? No. 
don't continue. Because you will honestly, you will lose faith. Are we 10 pages plus? We are at page 14. That's fine for me. Out of 120. Totally fine, continue. While on the trail, (laughs) the boys on their way fishing come across a prison cart stopped by a train that's passing through. Not another train. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a cowboy thing. It's nothing but train saloons. Legit. There's nothing but train saloons and high noon gunfights. That's why I don't like cowboys. <laughs> horses. That's the good part. Oh, no. They're all on horses. Yes. While on the train, they Shelly, come across Shelly a... The horse. They come across a prison cage. They come across a prison cage towed by some lawmen. Who's that in the back of the cage? It's our old friend, Josiah Trelawney. He's been busted for running a con scam type thing in the neighborhood. Not very good confidence, is he? Dutch charms the lawman. He rides up and introduces himself as Hoagie McIntosh. It's time we're getting to fake name territory. I'm so sorry they have fake names for some of this. He introduces himself as Hoagie McIntosh. The lawmen introduce themselves as Lee Gray and Archibald McGregor. Are these names I'm going to have to remember? Uh, Just remember the surname Gray. That's all you need to remember. Just the word Gray. Um, They turn to him and and Dutch is saying, it's a beautiful country you got around here. And they say, we like it well enough. Um, And Gray turns to Dutch or to Hoagie and says, are you a Scot? And Dutch says, the best part, of course. (laughs) And they all go, oh. Where from Scotland is he from? He's not from Scotland. His family... In, at the time, it would have been quite typical because we're all white guys in a new place. Mm. So how are you? You're Irish. You're Scottish. You're Welsh. Mm. You know, it's like a... And now you go to America and they still think that 10 generations well, later. Well, interesting. Dutch's granddad, like to give it context for the time period, Dutch's granddad would have been a... Cl- great-granddad would have been a clansman. Well, probably not. No, great-granddad. We're talking Jacobean times, right? Yeah, but like... Every- this is late 1800s. This is late eighteen hundreds, so like Granddad would have just been, you know, could could have been in could have been in Glasgow. But yeah, there's every chance. There's every chance that you are right. This is a fascinating time, and we will kind of come on to it later. The 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 opening blurb at the start of the game about the time. This time is coming to an end. You're so right. We within within sixty years. The sixty years after this, we go from this to World War One to the first flight of a, an airplane to putting a man on the moon. Just insane. This is. This is the past 150 years is terrifying. Oh, this is it? like se- yeah. this is like 70, 70 odd years away from putting a man in the moon. The level of progress is is quite existential, and we are now talking about AI. You know, I'm not to get deep on that, but it's incredible. It's incredible. Just computers rap- rap- scare me, and I'm yeah. a computer scientist. Yeah. yeah. There are men in the back of the cart with Trelawney. Okay. Um, local gangsters, uh, the Anderson boys. They're not important. They break out of the back. Trelawney's sitting there scared. He stays in the back and they break out. The sheriffs freak out as they watch their three most wanted criminals jump onto the train that's riding away. Um, Hoagie, Dutch, says, oh, don't worry about it. I'm going to send my pal, Arthur. He loves chasing down criminals, don't you, Arthur? (laughs) Why does does Dutch get a fake name and not Arthur? Uh, Arthur gets a fake surname later. Because Dutch is... Well, Dutch is the most wanted man, and Dutch, I suppose, is quite a a recognisable first name, isn't he? He's on most wanted posters, right? He is the wanted poster. Oh, it's worth saying, when you go into towns, you can find newspapers, and they're really, like, you get, like four or five pages of full written articles, adverts, 
and your exploits are always written about in the newspapers. A train awesome. was robbed, a blah blah blah. And Dutch is Dutch is, is the it's the Vanderlyn gang. Mm. So yeah, he's definitely got more uh, reason to cheat. But it's a, yeah, it's a fair question. Who's <laughs> bigger, him or O'Connell? O'Driscoll. Um, Colm O'Driscoll. Mm. They're probably O'Driscoll is a bigger gang. As this story comes goes on, Vanderlyn. As it goes on, they do bigger stuff. Um, so. Arthur is sent to chase down the train. He takes uh, he takes the deputy there with him on his horse. They chase it down. They have a dope train fight, uh, including there's this kind of meat locker carriage, this kind of cooler carriage, where he has a knife fight with the head of the Anderson boys, Anders Anderson. Um, oh, terrible. Awful. They, uh, uncle, uncle. Uh, I told you, it's like Prince or Beyonce, okay? <laughs> um, they knock out the boys, and... He brings Anders Anderson back into the town of Rhodes. This is our new town. We are in the south. We are red dust, uh, kind of charming, uh, you know, well-to-do ladies sipping. This is former plantation country. Why can you do um, a Southern American accent better than I can? That was a very good accent, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, As someone who is notoriously fantastic at accents. Of course. Everybody oh, knows it. Yeah, Every episode. Yeah, listen to Alan Wake, everybody. My Barry is oh, 10 out of 10. Um, we take the Andersons back to Sheriff Grey, who's the only name you need to remember out of this, this, this mob. Sheriff Grey. They take him back. Um, Grey is very grateful and uh, sort of says, listen, if you boys ever want to help out again, come to let me out. And uh, Dutch has convinced him by this point that Trelawney, he's got the wrong guy. I know this man. He's an idiot, but he's just a magician. He's just a kind of fanciful man. Let him out. So he lets Trelawney go. We give him his most wanted man. Um, and he shakes Dutch's hand, Hoagie's hand, and he describes some trouble with the local residents. Old timers who've sadly gone to seed and lost their dignity. This place is something of a civil war holdout. And some of the men here have never come around to the idea that they lost the war. Ah. And I... they still haven't. <laughs> You're the American, not us. <laughs> he lets he lets, uh, he lets Trelawney out of the cage and says, no more trouble from you. And he goes, oh, I promise you, this is all a big misunderstanding. Um, shakes Hoagie's hand and says, the mostly good citizens of Rhodes, thank you. Um, and as we leave, we see him, there's a, a very, uh, I don't know if I've got a picture of him here, there's a very sort of posh uh, young boy, young man, maybe about 1920, sitting on the steps outside. Um, and as we're leaving, we can hear the sheriff say to him, uh, now, Bo, these better be ugly rumours. Is it true you were seen talking to that wretched Penelope Braithwaite? Um, and as he thanks you, you guys walk up down the street. The like red dust clings to your clothes, and like you need to kind of wash it off. It's like it, it's 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 really it's really atmospheric. I think Rhodes um, is my favorite. Um, there's others that are also excellent. No, because there's no bar. There, oh well, no, there's is a there bar. No there is a bar. There's uh, actually a bar. I was lying about that. There's no hairdresser. <laughs> oh, you're right. Sorry. Um, so I don't I'm like a it. Man, um, so Trelawney describes the town to you as you walk uh, walk him out. Um, he says the whole town is trapped in an ancient feud between two families, the Greys and the Braithwaites, two plantation houses who have decades of dispute, fighting over cousins getting married and rebel gold. Dutch tells Arthur and Hosea to investigate. Trelawney tells the boys that Dutch is now more infamous than ever. There is talk of his bounty in bars 500 miles to the north of here. Oh, no. 
People speak about super agents or some such coming after them. The boys, as you remember, were supposed to go fishing. So this is an optional mission, which you should always pick. Uh, Arthur goes out fishing with his dads. They go out in a little boat and they you can you can literally spend it all. You could do infinity. You can just spend as long as you want. They're hanging out with them. And they talk about Arthur when he was a little boy. And they talk about how he was this violent street kid. And he's grown up into a man that they're clearly both very proud of. Sadie Adler. You were just asking about yeah, her. Sadie Adler, best character. Yay. Now, we ain't spoken about Sadie in a while. No. She was the woman we rescued from the Adriscals back in the mountain. Uh, she's helping Pearson out in his kitchen here. As we arrive, she and Pearson, the resident drunk cook, are having a screaming match. They brandish knives at each other and Arthur intervenes. I mean, literally, he's holding a cleaver and she's holding a sort of hunting knife. Um, Arthur gets in between them. And uh, Sadie says, I ain't chopping vegetables for a living. And Arthur replies, oh, I'm sorry, ma'am. Was there insufficient feathers in your pillow? <laughs> she tells him she isn't lazy. She'll work, just not this. When her husband was still alive, they shared all of the work. Hunting, farming, shooting. But she will skin Pearson if she has to keep doing this a minute longer. <laughs> Arthur warns her about the gang. They are wanted everywhere. They have O'Driscoll still looking for them. She says at this point... She isn't... O'Driscoll doesn't seem very important as of now. Um, yeah, it's kind of peppered through. Um, just know that Dutch hates him more than anyone else and vice versa. She says she's not afraid of dying anymore. So Arthur takes, him away from, takes her away from Pearson for a wee day out. They head into town... <laughs> To pick up supplies for Pearson and to post some letters, which is kind of a resp shared responsibility of the group. As they ride towards town, Sadie decides to open Pearson's letter and read it aloud. <laughs> Would you like to read what... Absolutely, Absolutely I want to hear what this and says. And she reads it out in this really mocking, like, his voice. She's like... Um, she, in the letter reads, Dear Aunt Kathy, I haven't heard from you in some time, so I pray to the Lord above your health has not deteriorated further. Since we last corresponded, I have travelled widely, making no small name for myself. <laughs> Before you ask, I am yet to take a wife, but I can assure you it's not for lack of suitors. <laughs> um, and Arthur's kind of giggling and going, stop it, we shouldn't be doing this. And like, put it back. They arrive at the store and Sadie's immediately like, so what do we do? Are we going to rob the shop? I like hold up the guy. And Arthur's like, Jesus, no, put the gun away. He's like, he goes like, we rob people, isn't he robbing? Like, these are just people trying to make their way. Um, I'm going to go and post the letters. You go and pick up the stuff that we've ordered from the shop. Um, and as we come back, Sadie has picked up a badass outlaw outfit. Yeah. Nice. She's got a gun holster, a cowboy hat, a, a yellow kind of shirt. Does she have a gun? Oh, in, in the holster. Yeah, oh, she, 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 does. She, she does. No, she's just carrying an empty holster around. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's just a change of look. On the way back, uh, they are ambushed by some of these locals gone to seed that we hear about. Mm. These are, The state we are in is called Lemoyne. These are the Lemoyne Raiders. They all sort of dress in kind of Civil War, Southern clothes, and they ambush them. Sadie handles herself very well here, and they both make short work of these men. Um, it's very sweet. They get back to camp. She's calmed down a bit with Pearson. Um, she's been allowed to get out and, you know, cabin fever, basically. Um, and uh, Arthur says to her, I will ride with you again, Mrs. Adler, if you would ride with me. 
And Sadie says, sure, if you prove you can handle yourself. <laughs> and Arthur says, they say I like finesse, but I can handle gun smoke. And they have a little cool thing going now. Oh, pew, um, pew, pew, with the finger guns. Yeah. I hate it. <laughs> I ship it, but I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Over the next few days, Arthur and the boys work with the sheriffs locally to undermine the raiders including destroying a moonshine distillery and stealing a large stock of moonstein. Oh, moonshine. no, Arthur doesn't need that. They do so well. With, uh, he doesn't really drink any of it. Uh, uh, Good. They do so well with the local sheriffs that they are deputized and <laughs> spend the next chapter of the game with Arthur going around with a little sheriff's batch on. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and pepper in some of these little side stories. Basically, Chase, throughout the world, you, you can have, I can't remember what they call them, events or something. These non-essential moments that are the bits that so many people remember. However, they are not plot critical and none of them have a mission to describe per se. For example... You know what this is making me think? What is it making you think? It's it's cowboy Yakuza. <laughs> well, sure. for example, throughout the world, uh, a less weird one, uh, we have three instances where we can find a group of the KKK doing their thing. Can we kill them? We can certainly kill them. Thank God. And, but there's one where you don't need to. Mm. Because one, my favorite one, I think it's the second time you can bump into them. They're like in a clearing. They haven't seen Arthur. And they're erecting a huge sort of 20 foot cross ready to burn. Disgusting. And it, the rope snaps and it just falls in them and crushes them all. <laughs> <laughs> the, player, the player has an effect on that, right? The player goes like, hey, you! And it snaps because like, they right. get distracted. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you can set them on fire. You can like <laughs> whatever great. you want. Yeah. So back at camp, after sealing the moonshine, um, Arthur receives another letter from Mary. My dear Arthur, I hope this letter finds you well. I just wanted to thank you for your help with Jamie. I understand that Jamie is thinking about going back to college. Whatever happens, I believe you saved his life and we are all truly grateful. Oh, Arthur. Oh, Arthur. That's kind of how she says it. I have made such a mess of my life time and again. Why can I not change and be the woman I want to be? Why couldn't we change together? You could be a man, put down all those fantasies that shroud your judgment. Life is so confusing. And I see now that I'm not very good at it. Um, I'm afraid we've got ourselves into another mess. It's not my fault. I might need your help. I'm staying at the Hotel Grand in Saint-Denis. Oh, Arthur, I know it's wrong to ask you, yet I have no one else. And for what we once had together, I beg of you, even though I am ashamed to do so. Yours, Mary. Yeah, basically, we go to Sandy, which we're going to cover in more detail later. And uh, her father, who I mentioned, who's kind of well off, is fretted away all their money with dangerous men. Oh, sorry, we do this right now. We go to Sandy. I'm going to cover Sandy okay. properly later, but uh, we go to Sandy. Her father's kind of stumbling about looking for, for, you know, people are looking for him. He owes them money. We save his ass. He tells us that we're scum. Mm. Uh, afterwards, Tories. Um, they decide, um, Arthur and Mary, to go to the theatre together, to go to the cinema. And they go and see a show. I can't remember what, sh what the show is. And they have a lovely time. Uh, Arthur, you they look over to the right. They see President Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> you can sit and what you can just go and buy a ticket into a film or a show, like you can a lot of what rocks are in, and there will be like a proper ten minute little thing. And Arthur can heckle or shout support as well. Yeah. Um, 
afterwards. Um, it's like uh, when myself and the Nubis. Uh, sorry, I'm wary of dying, but like yeah. I'm gonna add this in. Uh, so myself and the Nubis, my fiance, uh, soon to be wife, um, we went to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival and we went to our first ever burlesque show. Um, burlesque, fantastic. Performers, fantastic. The MC came out and they were like, "Oh, like wolf whistle, make noises. It's creepy if you don't." You know, if, if it's just silence, it's like, ugh. But if you're, like, enjoying it and clapping and cheering and really being quite pantomime with all of your, like, aruga sort of sounds, that's what they are looking for. So he did tests. He was like, right, uh, do a wolf whistle. And we did a wolf whistle and we did an aruga. And we were the only people in the audience who made sounds the entire show. Yes, it was not comfortable. Well, this is and we got different. thanked when we left. This is very different because yeah. this is Arthur in a civilized theater not having fun. If you do antagonize, it's him going like, get off the stage! <laughs> Throws it to but Matt. Obviously, <laughs> our Arthur isn't doing that. Um, they head outside the theater. We would play very different Arthurs. Mm. I've played all kinds of Arthurs. Mary says to Arthur, my life wasn't supposed to. And she stops herself and she turns to him and she says, is it too late for us, Arthur? Arthur turns to her and says, I can't lie to you. I am a wanted man, Mary. And if anyone came close to me, well, they're wanted to. I can't have you wrapped up in that, but it's coming to an end. This time it really is. Mary grabs him and says, run away with me, Arthur. Run away right now. We won't look back. Arthur says, I want to. More than anything, I want to. But I've got some people I need to take care of. Once they're free, I'm free. Then we can disappear. Mary says, but Arthur... And he says, if we're going to run away, we need the money. And soon I'll have some. Mary says, I know you won't run away, but it's a pretty dream. Oh. And Arthur says, it's very pretty, but I will once I get some money. And she says, I'll write you. And they they uh, they, they leave. Do they have a little smooch? No. Oh, no smooch. It's, it's tragic. God. Um, it's really sad. So they're back at camp. Uh, there's one day where Arthur and Dutch have a horse race. They race back to camp. And Dutch tells Arthur that he was about to tell him that Arthur's a son to him. But the truth is, he's more than that. Arthur is clearly very happy about this. <laughs> Molly O'Shea. Do you remember Molly O'Shea, Chase? No. I, was she the one who we said had a really nice shirt? She's, or a really nice yeah, dress, a like colourful dress? Oh, Dutch's she's missus. Dutch's girlfriend, mm. yeah. She calls you over. She's like, Arthur, can I please speak with you? And she calls you over. Um, she pulls you aside for a private chat. She's clearly really worried about Dutch. Um, she knows that loyalty is everything, but she has something to tell you. They're interrupted by Uncle. Um, oh, very Uncle. good. Yeah, great. Oh, boo. He says he has valuable information about a robbery. Um, unfortunately, Molly gets cut off, um, and we go with his awful robbery plan. Uh, this screenshot, by the way, is Arthur uh, is, uh, is Uncle saying to Charles, Charles, have I ever lied to you? And Charles' response is just, I hardly know you. <laughs> Charles stole the robbery plan from John. <laughs> Arthur. The only plan he's come up with. Um, Arthur sits down for a fireside chat with Lenny, who's speaking to other black people in the area, uh, uh, who has been speaking with other black people in the area. He's heard about some raiders in the swamp who sell weapons and think the war never ended. Arthur says he thinks he's met them. As they ride out together to scout it out, Lenny speaks a little bit about what it's like to be in a black man in the South, surrounded by people who would have enslaved him not long ago. Arthur apologises. He's never really given thought to this before. He's probably a kind of, like, before this, he's been a bit of a, like, doesn't see colour type of person. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, we're all just in the gang. We're all equal. Um, but, you know, it seems that he gets an understanding of what Lenny's saying here. 
Because Rhodes is like super duper racist. I mean, you got the KKK in the fields just like behind the yeah. town, right? Yeah. They arrive at a huge mansion in the swamp. The mansion is called Shady Bell. They kill all the old fuckers. I'm sorry. They kill all the old people there. <laughs> and they steal the guns. Are they, what, are they the baddies, goodies? Yeah, they're racist. raiders. They're the raiders. Oh, they're, they're raiders. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, they take the guns. Arthur says the guns are so nice, he's going to keep one himself. Oh. And he shakes his hand and says, I always enjoy ratting with you, kid. It's no. time to meet our other big family in the area. We've met some of the greys, the sheriff. It's time to meet the other family, the Braithwaites. Um, Hosea has hatched a plan. That, that boy has been seeing their daughter. Yeah, well yeah, remembered. Yeah, yeah, you'll be followed, um, yeah. Hosea has hatched a plan to sell the moonshine that they stole from the distillery to Mrs. Catherine Braithwaite. Um, Jose is sort of very good at posing as this sort of sweet old merchant. It's one of the many hats he wears. Although, curiously, he doesn't often wear an actual hat. It's pure Django Unchained Braithwaite Manor, isn't it? Like, the design of it, the look of it, the feel of it. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't mean the characters, I just yeah. mean the design of the, the plantation. Yeah, It's um, very good. Because mm. it's shockingly attractive, but you know that there's this, like, history. horrible history, yeah. Um, Jose talks your way past the guards. Um, Mrs. Braithwaite comes out. As you can see, charming looking. Um, he tells her that we found your moonshine out in the hills and we thought you'd be interested in buying it. It turns out that Mrs. Braithwaite has been funding the moonshine operation. This is hers. Oh. She says, it's already mine. And uh, Hosea says, well, would you like to buy it back? Pay half the value. See it as a reward. The alternative is we go and sell it elsewhere. A guard, a guard brandishes a shotgun and said, the alternative is you two get shot. Hosea <laughs> says, who wants to get shot over a bottle or two of liquor? Catherine laughs at this. She clearly finds Hosea a bit charming. Mm. And she says to pay them. She, oh, says, wow. she says she knows the old Sheriff Grey told them to steal her moonshine. She says that if they want to do her a favor in return... She doesn't even want this stuff. They should take it to the local saloon, which is owned by the Gray family, and they should hand it out for free, undermining the bar's business. So, Hosea and Arthur... Just money to throw... The, the concept of having money to throw around, where you can just go, yes, I've invested a lot of money into this thing, take this thing, give it out for free, just to ruin I, my enemy's day. I know for a scrap fact in this script, I haven't done justice to how much these families hate each other. This is like 100 years... Mm. Of, of history. Um, and they suck. Oh my God. Both families are just the worst. So like, I won't cover it in this, but like one of the families, this is kind of an Easter egg that you can find. Uh, they've clearly had a child, like a main child who would inherit the house. Um, uh, and she's clearly disabled in some way. And they keep her in a shed in the bottom of the garden. And mm -hmm. um, we head into the saloon. Uh, Master of disguises, uh, Hosea, Decides to dress... Sticks a moustache and sunglasses on. Well, he decides to dress Arthur up as his brother, Fenton. Um, okay. And he says to Arthur... And all he does is he does this. He sticks a jaunty hat on his head and puts a bit of, uh, like a... What do you call it? A bit of corn? Like, a, what do you people chew on? Like a, a bit of wheat. A bit of wheat. In his mouth. And he tells him, he don't talk. Um, and, he, and he comes up to the bar and he introduces him. And he says, this is my brother, Fenton. Uh, he turned idiot. Um... <laughs> He said, don't, mad, ma don't madden him. He murdered our mother. It wasn't his fault. Oh, dear. Um, <laughs> so Arthur goes by the bar. They basically bribe the bar staff with a couple of dollars, say, take the next night off. And Arthur stands by the bar and set to music. We spend the evening pouring shots of moonshine for the whole bar. 
completely undermining the Grays' business. They make no money that night. Kills half the town. Uh, yeah. Makes them all blind. Back at camp, <laughs> Dutch is delighted by everything that's happening. Where's his sheriff badge? He says, um, I, Dutch, I guess, doesn't have to get out in the field that much. He says um, he's convinced the gang has every opportunity to work both sides, ultimately robbing them both. Um, he says that in the middle, and Arthur says in the middle of all this, you've got our local, his words, our local hillbilly Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> so, <laughs> who is that? We're going to talk, you mentioned it earlier, Bo oh, yeah, yeah. and Penelope. Oh. So they are really our Romeo and Juliet. They're in love. Both families detest each other. Bo is a hopeless romantic who wishes to dote on Penelope with poetry and gifts. He's also a bit useless. He's not practical at all. Penelope is a modern woman who wants to move north with Bo to a more enlightened part of the world where she can be seen as an equal. Over the course of his time in Rhodes, Arthur has been helping the young lovers. Um, he's been like sneaking notes back and forward through them. There's missions where like Bo's like, oh, give this letter to my Penelope. And you like ride across the field. They both hate their own families. They think they're racist. Sorry, if that's Bo's voice, what's Penelope's voice? Uh, oh, give me. I'll give this letter to my bow. No, he's. Oh, I would pay money to watch that on stage. And <laughs> <laughs> um, at one point, he literally rides shotgun on a women's suffrage march. So, as I said, Penelope's a very modern woman, and uh, 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 a, a, a suffrage leader comes to town, and they're going to ride the protest through town with the banners on a car. Bow begs Arthur to go with them because he knows what the local men are like. And so Arthur drives the cart with a shotgun uh, to, to kind of deter any men. But they are getting like heckled and catcalled and all sorts as they're going through town. Wait, so he's sorry, with a shotgun? Arthur's there with it. He said like, what you said about the ladies? And they're wow. like, woo, vote for women. Wow. He's like, Rrr! Yeah, Arthur's quite interesting conversation with the suffrage leader who Arthur basically says, Oh, I support uh, equal voting. And she goes, oh, lovely. And he goes, anyone who's stupid enough to want to vote can get it as far as I'm concerned. Um, typical, typical. He's he's confused, but his heart's in the right place. Yeah. Very him. It's almost like there's an ignorance level there. I think it's like, I just don't get it. Why? Why are you mean to my black friend? Why are you mean to women? Why don't women have the vote? Like, I don't understand the concept of inequality, I guess, right? Yeah, like he just doesn't understand sexism or racism. It doesn't exist to him. Back at camp, we have something to do. I've called this bit back to Valentine briefly. Oh. Bill is furious, as usual. Bill, big angry bear man. Yeah, Bill Williamson. He says the team were cooking up a proper plan to rob Valentine before Arthur ruined it for all of them. There's unfinished business. Arthur says what happened in Valentine was just one of those things. Bill shouts, asking, How come every time I get in trouble, I'm called a fool and an idiot? But when you get in trouble, oh, it's just one of them things. <laughs> uh, Lenny and the girls agree that this is a good point. <laughs> um, the unfinished business of Valentine is the bank, which we heard about. The one because the livestock is stocked up. As they're preparing to leave... Um, Strauss grabs Arthur. This is a bit of a somber moment. Um, Strauss grabs Arthur and says, hey, do you remember Mr. Downs? Who's the man, the very sick man that we beat oh, in his own field it. trying to get money. Oh, yeah. And Strauss says, he's dead. He's died of his illness. What about his debt? Good question. Oh, shit, I was, I was making Arthur, a dark joke. Arthur says, oh, you know, oh, that's bad. And Strauss says, yeah, 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 yeah. Obviously, his uh, his widow and their child are there now, so you need to, I need you to go right there and pick up the day, the rest of the debt. They still owe money. Oh, Strauss! What does Arthur say? 
They ride to Valentine. They don. They all don. Apart from Karen here, Karen comes with them. This plan was cooked up by Karen and Bill, by the way. Um, uh, they change out their uh, their rags. They put on these awesome kind of uh, black trench coats, and they all ride back into Valentine for the first time in a long time. As we approach the brank, brank. Jesus, I just slow down. As we approach the bank, Karen says to Arthur that they never decided. Should she do the drunken harlot or the lost little girl? <laughs> um, and this, I, I think it's funnier when Arthur picks uh, when Arthur picks lost little girl. This is her kind of strategy for how they're going to get in. When Arthur picks lost little girl, she goes, "Oh, you break my heart, you really do." And all the all the boys just sort of giggle at Arthur because he's sort of embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> um, the gang burst into the bank after Karen's distraction. She sort of wanders in there going, oh, please, I'm so helpless. And as they're distracted, all the boys come in. And um, you sort of, there's kind of vague hostage management. You sort of keep people on the ground by pointing guns at them. Um, and Arthur also is our gang's kind of lock picker because he wears many hats. Although why he's wearing this hat in this, I don't know. Um, yeah, it's a bad choice for this, Arthur. Yeah. Um, it's a so, hat. You kind of have two options when you're robbing a bank. You go into the safe, you can blow up with dynamite or you can pick it. Um, picking it is kind of like, takes longer, but it's a bit kind of like quieter. Um, well, you take my... I feel like at this point, being quiet doesn't matter. Well, the whole idea is they're telling people, be quiet. And, and bear in mind, this is like, no cameras, no nothing, no bells. It's an old Wild West saloon. No cops or sheriffs know this is getting robbed well, As yet. long as the sheriff doesn't walk in, yeah. Um, they do manage to get a good amount of money and they kind of wander out there's a brief kind of scuffle with the police, but they don't have to shoot the town up or anything, and they manage to leave. Fantastic. 10 out of 10 heist. Yeah, they leave with a bunch of money. This is Bill's they, plan? And they, Bill and Karen. Bill and Karen. And they split, Karen was the brains. And they split up the money, and Arthur reminds them all, the gang gets its share. You, you Here's your money, the gang gets its take. Into okay. the box. Into the box. Um, tells them to head back to camp. Split up, don't ride in the same roads. I'll meet you back there. I have some business to attend to. Arthur rides to the Downs homestead. Um, Mrs. Downs and her son Archie, son of Mr. Downs, now deceased, are packing up their cart, clearly ready to leave the homestead due to their circumstances. Did Arthur, so Arthur beat the crap out of him? He didn't kill him, right? He just he just beat him up. He didn't leave him dead, no, but he was very sick and he did hit him. She says, my husband's not cold in the ground and you come back here. Arthur said, your husband knew the rules when he took the money. I'm real sorry the way things turned out, but he had a choice. It ain't my fault the way the world is. She says he did have a choice. He was good and he did good. There ain't no choice in that. You as good as killed him yourself and don't kid yourself. You had a choice. Arthur leans in, putting on his scary face and says, you speak as if killing is something I cared about. She says to him, do you ever wonder about eternity? You should. And Arthur says, I hope it's hot and terrible, Mrs. Downs. Otherwise, I will feel I've been sold a, fa sold a false bill of goods. Now, please, give me the money. She heads inside to get the money. And her son, Archie, stares down Arthur. He's a poor boy. He's about 16. Staring down Arthur. Arthur says to him, Either you got a lazy eye or a lack of respect. Which is it, boy? And he says to him quite bravely, I ain't got no lazy eyes, sir, nor the respect for the likes of you. And Arthur leans close into him and says, Maybe when your mother's finished mourning your father, I'll keep her in black on your behalf. You think on that, boy. 
It's a killer line, but the whole situation is so unpleasant. Horrible. Yeah. Uh, like, as usual, poet with words, but don't like any of before this. Before he leaves, um, Arthur advises the boy to one side, don't seek vengeance. Vengeance is an idiot's game. He rides away and the camera pans out. Again, we don't control Arthur here. He rides back and a cutscene plays with a sad, morbid song. The last time he rode back without camera was when he visited the Downs. Yeah, it's like his lowest. It's like his war, like real... it's like the shittest thing he does, yeah. So it's all Strauss's fault. Strauss sucks, mate. But Arthur Arthur's also... Arthur could have the choice to say, no, Strauss, I don't want to be the guy that goes and beat, you know, beats up a man and then egregious his grieving family. Back in Rhodes, the gang have been working hard to play the two families against each other. On one hand, they burn the grey fields for Mrs. Braithwaite, tobacco fields. They set them on fire on behalf of Mrs. Braithwaite. On the other hand, some of them go to the Braithwaite hort and steal their prize horses and sell them for the greys. <laughs> Sean is particularly excited to be included in these activities with Arthur. Um, as, I say, as I say, he's very annoying, but he clearly looks up to Arthur, and here they are burning some fields. Over the course of this, it's becoming readily apparent that these families have, have the kind of houses and the land the they've not really heard anything about any gold it's kind of becoming clear these families aren't sitting on piles of gold who mentioned that was it Trelawney Trelawney was like there's some yeah, gold yeah it's a here. kind of rumour in the area the right. greys kind of have this aura that they have a Arthur writes in this diary that night we believed a yarn spun by us by one of that grey family we imagined we were going to be wonderfully rich right now we're feeling like prize idiots back at camp Micah's back by the way he's talked his way back in with Dutch um, Unfortunate. Yeah. Du- uh, Arthur comes up to him and uh, <laughs> Micah says, Blessed are the peacemakers. And Arthur says, I'm not sure that line of thought serves either you or me very well. <laughs> and uh, Micah says, Well, cowpoke, that is because you are a man. Cowpoke. cowpoke, you are a man of profoundly limited intelligence. Oh. And Arthur says, Arthur says, no doubt. <laughs> Why is Arthur not just clocked him? Micah says that Pearson, because Dutch is always telling him to like give him a chance. Ugh. Micah says that Pearson heard a rumour from the O'Driscolls. There's a chance at peace between Dutch and Como O'Driscoll. The O'Driscoll boys have suggested a parley between the two men. Very pirate term there, I thought you'd like that. Parley. They've suggested a parley between the two men. Hosea shouts over from his book, It's a trap! <laughs> <laughs> it's just like reading a Greek tragedy, like, it's a trap. But Micah convinces Dutch that it's a good idea to try. Dutch says, I killed Colm's brother a long time ago. Then he killed a woman I loved dear. And Micah says, as you say, it's a long time ago, Dutch. Micah, Dutch and Arthur ride to the meeting place. It's in a kind of valley, um, near Valentine, actually. Arthur is placed on a canyon up above with a sniper rifle, just in case it's a trap. In case it all goes south. Do they have sniper rifles in 1899? Yeah. Oh, they did, yeah, yeah, for sure. A hunting rifle with yeah. a big scope yeah. on it. Yeah. Um, they used them when fighting Native Americans, in fact. Killed buffalo with them, too. Yeah, really grim. Arthur is way up on a ridge here, um, overlooking the scene, and you're going to meet Colm. I realise you've not met Colm before. None of you don't. No, so this Combe. is the head of the O'Driscoll, the cockroach guy. Colm O'Driscoll. Oh, he's here. Um, Arthur's watching from above perched on his mount they meet face to face this is Colm also a ratty looking man 
With a green tie, so you know he's Irish. Very old as well. They're, they've been doing this for decades here in, here in uh, Dutch. He looks yeah, too old to be an outlaw. Yeah, but Dutch doesn't look very old. Um, maybe, a, maybe, a, maybe it's a weird shot. I get the sense he's maybe like 50. How old do you think Dutch is? 45. Okay. 40. Um, Combe walks up to Dutch. They meet for the first time in presumably years. Mm. Combe says, how's the gang doing? Still believing in your better world? How's that coming along? Dutch says, just fine. Combe says, how's that score you stole off us? Dutch d- turns to him and says, which one? <laughs> <laughs> he wants him to pull a gun, doesn't he? He's like, do it, yeah. do it, try, try it. It's, there's a beat, and then Combe bursts out laughing. <laughs> he tells his men that this Dutch, he, you don't know him, he's a charismatic leader. Mm. You know, Dutch, they offered me a price to bring you in, and I still might. Dutch says he's sorry about Combs' brother. And Combs says, yeah, well, I never liked him that much. Dutch turns to him and says, well, I liked Annabelle. And there's a pause. And Combs says, you always loved the ladies, Dutch Vanderlyn. And Dutch says, is this thing over, Combs? We cut back to Arthur lying in wait, staring down the sniper's coat. Hears footsteps behind him. Turns around just in time to see the butt of a gun smashing into his face. Oh, nice. Blackness. Arthur wakes up at a camp and tries to crawl away from the distracted outlaws. He's quickly shot. He's quickly spotted and shot in the shoulder. Oh. They beat him unconscious again. Dicks. Arthur briefly wakes up on the back of a horse before passing out again. He's badly hurt. The next time he wakes up, he's tied up in a basement. It's night time. Como Driscoll enters the basement with a plate of food and a lantern. He knows Arthur well by the way he talks. They've clearly had many run-ins over the years. Arthur's suspended upside down and Combe toys with him, poking at Arthur's bullet wound with cutlery. Oh. He tells him it looks septic. Oh. He beats Arthur, suspended helpless, saying Arthur's killed many of his men. Combs says he can turn Dutch in, and then the government will forget all about the Adriscals. Combs reveals he only ever met with Dutch so that he could grab Arthur. He knows this will enrage Dutch. Dutch will come raging over to save him, and the law will be waiting for you. He says, Arthur, I missed you. And he beats you unconscious and leaves. However, Arthur comes to, dangling upside down. And manages to escape with some hot swinging action over to a table with a nail file. And he manages to break free. Barely conscious at this point. He manages to dig the shot, the kind of shot shot out of his shoulder with a file. And he cauterizes his wound with gunpowder and a candle. He just about manages to kill the guard and sneak out. Right, jumping on a horse. He not heads Shelley. back to camp. Is it not Shelley. Shelley. No, okay. Shelley's back at camp. I should have mentioned Shelley more. Apologies. No. As he, Shelley Arthur's horse. Arthur, Arthur's canonically named horse, Shelley. As he rides, he gets closer to camp and he passes out and falls on the ground. He's just made it. Ms. Grimshaw, Karen and Dutch find him. He says, I told you it was a setup, Dutch. He sounds terrible, by the way. That's not just me. <laughs> The gang get Arthur to bed, and Dutch tells Mrs. G to tend to him. As Arthur sleeps, he sees a vision of an animal. Now, this is a an honor system thing. 
our Arthur, our high honor Arthur, is going to see a vision of a deer in a clearing. Um, like, nervously, kind of, through the woods, eating the ground, and then he's going to wake up. Or, in this case, pass out. Cut to a few weeks later. Wait, what else can he see? It depends on your honor level. There's a couple of different ones. The main other one is if you are low honor, he will see a black wolf. Abigail. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a kiss, a kiss. <laughs> Abigail's not just in John's dreams anymore. <laughs> it's like Freddy Krueger. She's made it to the real world. Um, cut to a few weeks later. And I mean, really, it comes. It takes him a few weeks to gain consciousness and recover. He's doing bad. And he's starting to recover fine. As you can see, he's grown out his hair and beard because he's been here for a while. Um, he's sitting by the lake. The Reverend comes up. Reverend Swanson. Uh, the Reverend says, I thought I'd be burying you, Mr. Morgan. Oh, uh, a lot of the gang members call him Mr. Morgan. It's a very respectful environment. They all kind of use each other's surnames. He says, I thought I'd be burying you, Mr. Morgan. How are you feeling? And Arthur says, probably about the same as you. Mm. And the Reverend says, I'm really sorry to hear that. <laughs> and they, sh- they, sh- they share a little laugh together, and it's actually quite sweet. A short walk in a pretty town. Arthur is told once he recovers, he's to head back into Rhodes, where Bill, Sean, and Micah are meeting him. They're meeting some of the greys at the local saloon. They've got a job to do for them that requires security. Bill has sussed this. Bill has worked this all out from all angles. Arthur doesn't understand why they're doing this. Nothing else they've done here has worked. Micah says they need to stay in with them. The boys walk down the abandoned street. Arthur asks Bill if this seems legit to him. He says, of course. Sean isn't sure that he can trust them. Micah assures them that the families have no idea about the stealing of the horses and the burning of the fields. Arthur shouts, We're stuck in the middle of some ancient feud, but instead of playing both sides, we're being used by them. Mm. As we reach the end of the street, Arthur tells him to stop. This doesn't feel right. Sean turns around to speak to Arthur, and his head explodes. (gasps) Shot dead instantly. Rest in peace, you Irish bastard. It's an ambush. The gang have been made. The local law backed by the Greys almost killed the boys, but they managed to fight them off. Yeah, worth pointing out here, not a nice guy, badass gunslinger. Like, Mike is, like, headshotting people, a gun in each hand. He experienced that in gameplay as well. Yeah, he saves your life at one point. He mm. kicks open a door and, like, shoots two people dead to save you. And it's not just scripted, like, you're Stop, fighting them. I, I don't want to like him. You don't have to. Um, just quality gunslinger. <laughs> Good with the guns. The boys manage to fight off the local law until they know there's only one Grey left in town. Sheriff Grey. Oh, okay, okay, okay. They approach uh, the office. Sheriff Grey, says Micah, you need to get a hold of this town. It's going to hell. (laughs) Grey says from behind the door, are you boys so dumb to think we didn't know what you've been doing? This is the Grey's town. Micah says, the only greys I see around here are you. He has Bill hostage. As they bring Bill out, because Bill was with you and went out missing, and you didn't know where he was, but he was dead. As he brings him out, I think it's Arthur, kind of goes, oh, Bill. Like, he's so annoyed that he's been kidnapped. I mean, figures it would be Bill, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, they use their shitty-shitty powers to finish off shooty, the final shooty. the final sheriff, uh, <laughs> sheriff's men. Arthur finds uh, Sean's body in the street. And leans over him, saying he was a good kid. Arthur shouts at Bill for believing the Greys in the first place. Mm. Micah says, all Arthur does is complain. 
Arthur tells Mike it's because he only Mike only cares about himself. They take Sean's body back to camp. Arthur writes about Sean in his diary. The next day, back at camp, Dutch is looking for Jack Marston. A question then about Sean. Uh, so is it like, does the Reverend do like a little thing? We don't get a, a funeral. Oh, okay, okay. We don't, we don't get a funeral for almost anyone, really. Um, <sighs> these are like people living on the road, and I know it's, um, uh, yeah. Back at camp, Dutch is looking around for Jack Marston, John's little son. Abigail emerges frantic. Where's my goddamn son? They took my son! Arthur says, who took him? And Hosea says, we think the Braithwaite woman took him. Mm. Karen saw a couple of his men nearby looking suspicious. Abigail pleads with Dutch, who promises to bring him back. They're going to find him and kill any fool who had the temerity to touch one hair on that boy's head. He gives Abigail his word. Every man in the camp who can shoot rides out, including, obviously, John, Jack's father. The gang rides to the Braithwaite Manor in a blaze of fury. The boys dismount and My walk down... Scene. Yeah, they walk down the, the avenue in one of the coolest shots in the game. Uh, so, so for listeners, uh, what we've got is the Braithwaite Manor, the camera has been pulled back, and we are watching a line of cowboys. Every member of the every every member of the gang that's come with us, which is one, two, three, four, five, about seven of them, they're here with their guns, ready to kick in the door and start shooting some racists, yeah. and it is fantastic. But Chase, it is it is an extended period, this. You are riding together and you're getting shots like this. They're riding up the long path and they're shooting the shots like this while Dutch is like rallying them and getting them ready yeah. for the fight. It's fantastic. It is my favorite moment. As they, appre- so good. as they approach the door, Dutch shouts at the mansion, Get down here now, you inbred trash! Yes! We've come for the boy! Yes! And the men shout back, You shouldn't have messed with our business! <laughs> and Dutch says, Whatever complaint you have with us, that is a young boy. That is not the way you do things. More and more men stream from the manor. Dutch says, If you ain't gonna be civilized about this. And the gang open fire. Cutting through Braithwaite's like a hot knife through cheese. They storm upstairs, putting down all their men. And finally, after killing these two, who are Braithwaite's, by the way, surname Braithwaite, they find Mrs. Braithwaite upstairs. You've killed her two sons, or two of her sons, in the firefight. They ask her where the boy is, and she's ranting. We've lived in this house for 120 years, and we've never had problems except no Yankees. You killed my sons. And Dutch says, oh, and I will surely kill the rest unless you start talking. (laughs) And she says, I know your type, common scum. And he says, where is the boy? And he points his gun at one of her sons on the ground and shoots him in the head. Like one of the sons is injured and Dutch just executes him in front. She screams in rage and they drag her from the house, setting fire to the old plantation as they go. Jose asks her, why do you take the boy? Boys are off limits. <laughs> she says, you stole my liquor. You stole my horses. There ain't no rules in war, Mr. Matthews. She says she gave Jack to a man named Angelo Bronte in San denis He's either there or he's already on the boat to Italy. Dutch says to leave her there, disgusted. As the gang make back to camp, the mansion burns, and Miss Braithwaite Brith- runs screaming 
sobbing into the blazing ruin of her home, burning to death. Oh. A fitful end for an absolute. <laughs> <laughs> Back at camp, Dutch tells John he's proud of him. He's doing the right thing and handling it well. Dutch says if he doesn't get Jack back, Abigail will kill all of them. He's trying to make a joke, but he's, he's clearly scared. Arthur says all this they've been doing has been for nothing. Dutch says, not for nothing, for living. They're going to get Jack back. They just need to trust him. He has a plan. Oh, he said the thing. <laughs> oh, he's got a plan, Chase. He's there's a shout. A plan. There's a shout for the, from the other men. They have visitors. Just the worst timing from these absolute wank stains. Just the, a, just the fucking is, scum of the earth. This is one of my favourite scenes. Milton and Ross stroll into camp. Instantly, almost all the guns are sort of in hand. Uh, sorry, for listeners, anyone who's forgotten, they are the Pinkertons, the yes. two officers... Who have just yeah. wandered into the middle of our camp uh, in front of everyone. Just the two of them, casual as anything. Milton says he's here with a solution. Good day, fine people, Mr. Vandalin, Mr. Matthews, I presume. He turns to John and says, who are you? And John says back, Rip Van Winkle. <laughs> and he says... He actually thinks that. He says... <laughs> <laughs> and he says, good day, sir. I'm Agent Milton, Pinkerton Detective Agency. Mr. Morgan, nice to see you again. Dutch then refers to him as Agent Moron. <laughs> <laughs> Not his best. Not his best. And we get a little speech from uh, Milton, who says, I don't know if you're aware, but this is a civilised land now. We didn't kill all of those savages just to allow the likes of you to act like human dignity or decency were outmoded or not yet invented. This thing, it's done. Dutch replies, This place Ain't no such thing as civilized. It's man so in love with greed that he has forgotten himself and found only appetites. And that lets you do what you please? Kill who you please and hang the rest of us? Who made you the messiah to these lost souls you've led so horribly astray? Dutch says, I'm nothing but a seeker, Mr. Milton. You ain't much of anything more than a killer, Mr. Vandalin. But I came to make a deal. You come with me, and I give the rest of you three days to run off, disappear, and try to live like humans. You came for me. Risk your life in this den of low lives and murderers so they might live and love? Well, ain't that fine? And there's like a ripple of laughter around the camp at this. In that case, he says, raising his hands in surrender and moving towards the agents, it'd be my honor to join you. Excuse me, friends. I have an appointment to keep with. He's interrupted by every gun in the camp being cocked and, like, raised. Love it. Miss Grimshaw brandishes a shotgun. <laughs> I think your new friend should leave now, Dutch. <laughs> yes, Miss Grimshaw. Milton says, you're making a mistake, all of you. Dutch says, we've got something here, something to live and die for. Milton says he'll return with 50 men and all of them will die. Lenny makes a move towards Milton to, like, escort him out, and Milton shrugs him off and shouts, get your hands off me, boy. Ooh, no. Yeah. The men leave. Arthur says he knows a place, the one that he and Lenny found when they robbed the, tri robbed the raiders down at Shady Bell. The, the Germans. Is that, was that the Germans? No, Lenny. Shady Bell. 
No, no, no. When Lenny and he went down to rob the guns, they found a big mansion out in the swamp. Oh, they did, yes. Called, and the mansion's called Shady Bell. They can hold up there for a few days while they plan their next move. John and Arthur ride to the old house to make sure nobody's moved in. As they arrive, the raiders are there, and one of them shouts, Oh, shit, it's them again! Tree <laughs> <laughs> bang, bang, the house is ours. They dump the bodies in the marsh, and they are fed on by alligators. That's pretty good in that. As the gang arrive, after Arthur and John have cleared out the bodies, Arthur welcomes the rest of the group to his humble abode. It's like a, a mansion. He says, we got fine living. Apart from the corpses and the alligators, it's paradise. Arthur has an actual room now on the top floor next to Dutch. Molly asks for a word with Dutch, but he tells her he doesn't have time. Molly's Dutch's girlfriend. Yeah. Cool. Who keeps trying to talk to you too. Mm. Dutch and Arthur need to ride to saint and look for Jack. And as the riding Dutch says, can you believe that girl? All I've got going on and she wants to talk. <laughs> How dare. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. Classic Molly wants to talk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Conversations. Ugh. After a short ride, we arrive at Saint-Denis. Saint-Denis is a full-on city chase. It is uh, It's big. Oh. Like, you can... It's big. Um... Dutch is disgusted by it as they're sitting outside it, and he spits out the words, a real city, this the is, future. This is such a weird time period where you have, yeah. like, people out in, like, Wild West saloons with cowboys and guns, and then you go to a city and it's, like, massive industrial. Like, they just don't compute my like, brain. It's, it's, like, commercial districts, the theatre Neil talked about earlier, the date. I think he was being very careful about his reveal yeah. there because you see Sandini before, that is it. You go on your date day and you see the theatre and it's cobbled streets and, uh, and people, all sorts. There's people, like, playing trumpet on the street yeah. and there's cobbled streets districts. and there's there's a tram system, like an electric tram and uh, so fine mm. so high society, yeah. It Absolutely. feels like a different bit of the map to everything else you've experienced. Yeah. Yeah. Chapter four, Saint-Denis. 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 Saint-Denis is the city of the future. As we ride around, we are accosted by people selling stuff, playing music. Oh, there's a guy in the street um, uh, who's trying to sell a pamphlet about eugenics. Oh, um, and he's one of the few characters who you can shoot him in the head. You get positive honor and none of the police bother you um, because like we're in a point there are proper police here in blue outfits with whistles and fucking helmets this is this is we are we are in the future um there's plenty to do in the city including hunting a vampire moving on um, I'm, I'm sorry we, what <laughs> oh i just i didn't think you'd be interested in that we you, you can hunt a vampire and that's it um no so, no, Arthur, no, we're not, guys, we're not Dutch moving, we're in a fancy tavern. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you, we're not moving on. Go go more into that. So, within the Red Dead universe, there are some supernatural things. They what? do not form any part of the main story and are only ever side quests. Excuse me? Um, this isn't a particularly interesting quest because it's just... <coughs> Arthur hears rumours of something happening, and he, if you search the city, you can find these kind of sigils drawn on walls. And if you find them all, Arthur can track down a vampire. Um, he finds the vampire feeding on someone in an alley. It is a full-on, pale, all-shaven, black-coat vampire feeding on someone. 
Uh, and Arthur kills him, and he gets a unique knife for it. Neil, I don't think that you're going to want to hear this. Uh-huh. That is so far the most interesting part of this game. <laughs> oh, I, I'm, I'm the serial killer or the scientist who builds a real robot. Mm. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Hi, um, comments. My our our beloved viewers, please chime in in the comments on what your favorite um and the ones that I'd be most interested in, mainly side missions. And I'm going to force Neil to write another episode. Featuring nothing but the best side missions. Again, for context, this is Thank you. this is comfortably the longest script for a lore dump we've ever done. Yes, and I I have missed most of this. I guarantee most of this the comments. You know this comments. It's going to say Aberdeen pig farmers. Uh, do you cover what? the Aberdeen pig farmers? I wasn't planning on it, but I'm happy. I to think now might now. be the time just to give a little rundown. Arthur is traveling through. I don't have any of this written down. This is just from memory. Arthur is traveling around uh, the the kind of swampy countryside and he comes across a house and there's a man and woman there and they say, hey, how you doing? And they invite you in for some dinner and you sit and you go, Arthur goes, okay, I'll have some dinner. It sounds not fun. And you you have a drink and you have some dinner with them and they're talking about how their brother and sister and their parents are dead now. And over the course of dinner, it becomes clear that they are and have always been in a very loving sexual relationship. Um, Interesting. Fascinating. Is, is it offensive to have that written about the South? It is in the game. Uh, they are like, oh, yeah, mm, and they're touching each other, and Arthur's like horrified. His face is sort of disgusted, but they've poisoned his drink. What? He passes out, and he wakes up in a field a couple of miles Are we cannibals? Passes out in a field a couple of mile, miles away with no money on him. If you had 100,000 gold on you, it's gone. What you can do is go back to the house... He kills the brother and sister and gets his gold back. That's it. That's it. That's why these are, like, they're so short as to be, you know, it's and difficult to talk about. What I will say is, I, to this day, have played Red Dead 2 twice. Do you want to know how many times I have met the Aberdeen pig farmers? Zero times. Yeah. Zero times they have come out and gone, hello, I've gone to the house, and they're not in. It is a random event. And that this has cutscenes. It has the, the full dynamic and of losing your money. Like hundred of these. Yeah. You save you save a guy who's been well, a guy's been bitten by a snake. You can choose to save him. Mm. If you have medicine, you can give him whiskey. If not, you can leave him. You can kill him. If you save him later on in town, he'll be there with a cast on, going, "Hey, it's the guy. Go into the gun mm. shop and have a free gun on me." Um, yeah. Red Dead Two is more reactive than Final Fantasy Sixteen as far as RPGs are concerned. There is more role playing in Red Dead Two, straight up. And I like Final Fantasy Sixteen. I'm not as much as I love Sixteen. That is a bad example. Sixteen is not massively reactive. No, but it's but that's what I mean. Like you know, it's more of an RPG than some modern RPGs are. It's crazy. Anyway, sorry. Continue with the main story. Arthur finds um, uh, Dutch in Sandini. They've gone in to to start looking around about Angelo Bronte if they can get see if they can get Jack. Trying to find Jack, right? Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Exactly. Um, as he is entering the door to this very fancy city tavern for the first time, a gun pokes to the back of his head and he, and he hears a voice go, stick him up, cowpoke. And he turns around and it's Dutch. And Dutch is like, eh, gotcha. <laughs> He's a crazy, wacky guy. <laughs> and Dutch says, Dutch says, here we are in the strange land of papists and rapists. Um, what? Yeah. Arthur, he tells Arthur to go and ask in the bar about him. He's already been in. Uh, he's not managed to get any information about Bronte. Arthur walks into this bar. I was sure I had a screenshot and I don't. Arthur walks into this bar and it's full of like very well-to-do city folk and literally like 50 people, the music stops and they all turn around to stare at this like bedraggled cowboy. Um, 
he goes up to the bartender, asks him uh, if he knows about Bronte. He gets charged a whiskey for a dollar. That's what I was mentioning earlier. Oh, yeah. oh, whiskey yeah. for a dollar. <laughs> um, he, the bartender is clearly a bit scared of Bronte. He's like, you shouldn't be saying that name around here. Um, as he's leaving, a drunk patron comes up and says, Ah, no, but Bronte, he's that Italian gangster guy. He's got the whole city in his pocket. Uh, and he uses... No, he's uh, an established businessman. He uses gangs of street kids. It's very Oliver Twist. His employees. It's a very American Oliver Twist thing. Um, Arthur meets a couple of them and they say, Yeah, sure, mister. We'll give you a tour, mister. And they all have names like, uh, uh, like Cleet. You know, they're all, hey, Cleet, hey, mister, come on. And they lead him on a big merry tour. They steal his money. Arthur chases them down an alley. And they corner him. These children all corner him with guns in an alley. Um, <laughs> uh, their leader, who's pictured here on screen in a kind of checkered coat, is talking about Mr. Bronte. And he says, Mr. Bronte's got fine hair, a beautiful house, and I am proud to work for him. Mm-hmm. Arthur eventually talks his way out, and they tell him the address. Time to go and meet Mr. Bronte. He meets up with Dutch, who thinks it's hilarious that Arthur was robbed by some children. <laughs> He's a job maker. He's a job... Bronte is a job maker. And I think we all need to be a little bit nicer about Mr. Bronte. Are you in Bronte's... Po- what, what is this bit? Um, Arthur, Arthur, Arthur writes in his diary while they're waiting for to, to meet John. I cannot decide which I like less. The swamps or the city. Both are full of parasites, reptiles and slime. We're a long way east of land we know, and from real open country. Arthur, Dutch, and John arrive at Bronte's mansion. It's in this part of town. Is like it looks like like Victorian London. It's like beautiful rows of like like white streets, and you know, it, it, it's like very clearly there's a huge class divide in the city. Actual gas lamps, that yeah. sort of stuff. Arthur advises that they can't go in shooting. He is sure Jack will be killed if they do. Mm. They head into the mansion, held at gunpoint. We meet Bronte with a sting of Godfather-esque Italian music dancing over the score. <laughs> In Italian, he asks who these clowns are. This isn't at all where I thought that this cowboy game was going to be going. What are you talking about? <laughs> the vampire Dutch. wasn't a problem for you? <laughs> no! Silly, goofy, out-of-pocket side missions that aren't part of the main story don't phase me. I'll keep another couple in there. Something yeah. like this, something like... Oh. Arth, uh, Dutch says, why did you take his son? We ain't got no problems with you, sir, nor you with us. But if you want one, there's going to be a lot of folks dead in this room before it's done. I'm going to try not to Bronte's accent. That's fair. Your Dutch is quality, though. Bronte is furious. He says, you walk into my city, stinking of shit and looking like this. You come into my house before you have a bath and you tell me how to act. You asked me to show you compassion. Have I not shown you almost infinite compassion already by simply allowing you to breathe in my presence? Oh, God. Dutch realises he's kind of misplayed this, Mm. and he backs down. He goes, indeed you have. We are simple country folk. All we got is each other. Now you've gone and taken his son over some dispute with some inbred ex-slavers ain't got nothing to do with us. Bronte reveals that he took Jack because of how the gang disrupted the liquor business in Lemoyne. He's money behind the liquor business, and with all the moonshine operations, that's why he was willing to take Jack. Dutch pleads ignorance, (laughs) saying, yeah, well, that's we just kind of found them. Bronte said that Dutch twists words, lies shamelessly, and thinks he's better than everyone else. 
and there's a pause and he goes I love him <laughs> get these men some drinks they laugh and shake hands situation seemingly diffused this is like the head of McDonald's kidnapping your son because you decided to sell some fries on a street corner outside oh, of a like McDonald's I, like I, I feel like this is very different from that and also in that analogy it's more like I blew up a few franchises well, okay, fine. Um, okay fair enough Bronte says they can have Jack back, but they have to do something for him as a favour. Some people have been robbing the cemetery, uh, the, the city cemetery, without asking his permission, without paying their, their dues. And uh, when hearing that people have been robbing for bodies in a cemetery, Dutch says, well, that is a fine place for it. Arthur and John head off together to deal with the criminals in the graveyard. It's actually a pretty atmospheric fight. Um, it's very foggy. You can barely see enemies. They sort of appear out of the dark and Arthur and John have to react very quickly. We take the robber's stash and escape the polis. Um, yes. I said this already, but it is very jarring to go from like sheriffs in, in, in big hats to police in blue uniforms. We are in a changing country and it's it's expanding fast. They head back to Bronte's and get back Jack. Hey. The boy scouts back. He's dressed up in European finery. Oh, weird. And runs into his father's arms. Bronte's invited the boys to a garden party at the mayor's house. Oh. As they take John back to his mother, he tells his dad that he's had a brilliant time. He's got to play many toys and he's tried spaghetti. John seems disgusted by the concept of spaghetti. <laughs> so, are, are we meant to believe that Bronte is not actually all that bad? I think he maybe was hoping for leverage. I don't know. Um, I think he knew they'd come for him. He can use them in some way. I don't know if he'd hurt a child. I don't think there's any evidence that he well, would. He uses he's using children. With guns on the street. Like I think he'd be okay with hurting a child. Sure. I just think he's a good he employer. Is, he is. He he's is. got a pension system set up for Oh my them. God, he's your uncle. I forgot that's your uncle. I'm so sorry. Not yes. uncle. Monty Bronte. <laughs> <laughs> that night. Uh, the gang throw a huge party to celebrate his return. Yay! The ball. Dutch, Bill, Hosea and Arthur get their glad rags on and head in a carriage, a horse-drawn carriage to the ball. This is really horse. weird seeing them. In... Mm. Why? Has, has, hold on, go back a second. Has Dutch waxed his mustache? Yes, up? definitely. Yeah, no, he legit does that sometimes. And whoever's playing as Arthur has gotten him, given him a shave, no, got his hair you cut. You are forced to give Arthur a shave at this point. Oh, are you? Um, oh, and you are forced to go and buy a tuxedo. Um, and you just kind of end up oh no no actually you're not forced to cut your hair but you are forced to now do any of you have a question about this because I wrote one down here about this group of people going well why is Bill here why is Bill there <laughs> the least charismatic member of the group I, second to John I and wrote, Micah I wrote down why you would Bill bring to this I bring, bring Bill to this why I have no idea yes yes the ball is a grand affair String music plays around the garden as the elite of Saint-Denis socialise and sip champagne. Ooh. Bronte welcomes the boys. He's clearly amused by keeping these country bumpkins around and casually insults their hygiene and sensibilities. Is Dutch in a top hat? Yep. <laughs> of course. <laughs> he's like he's like insulting them and how they smell and they're oh, kind of like just God. how to put up with it. Uh, they're standing on the balcony overlooking the party. This is the mayor's house, but Bronte and his men are standing on the mayor's balcony overseeing the whole. Thing. How does Dutch Dutch has to hate every second of this, right? Bronte points out a number of important guests, including a former Confederate mayor major with a young wife. He says having a young mistress is the order of things, but a young wife is unseemly. Oh. 
They also see a delegation of Native American leaders. Oh. Trying to speak to the mayor. They hand him a letter. Bronte says he has no sympathy for these people. He uses a very bad word, which I won't use. And he also says anyone stupid enough to get taken over by the Americans doesn't deserve sympathy. Um... It's again like it's 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 exactly the same as earlier. It's a killer line, but I don't want to giggle at it. Like it's just not nice. Out, is it? He points out some other people that I will be skipping over, um, and eventually <laughs> he tells the gang to go and socialize. Um, not before leaning over the balcony to shout at the assembled throng in Italian, so they can't understand him. I look forward to watching you all die because <laughs> oh, he dear. just he just hates them all. Um, all the boys laugh um, as the gang are leaving. He says to enjoy the socialising and he looks at Dutch and says it will make you long for the days where you could shoot each other and screw cows out on the range. And there is a beat where Dutch pauses and kind of gathers himself and says those sure were the days. He just decides to go along with it. And as as they're leaving, uh, you can hear Bronte say in Italian, uh, now bring out the good wine. Um, Dutch tells them to split up like Freddy and look for clues. At the party, Arthur steals a confidential ledger from the mayor's office. Bill didn't find anything. Big surprise. Wait, sorry, sorry, sorry. If this is Mystery Inc., who is Scooby-Doo? If Dutch is Freddy, who is Scooby? Who's Shaggy and Scooby? The wolf. (laughs) (laughs) John's got him in his back pocket. He's in the van. Do it a dog later. Um... (laughs) Bill didn't find anything. He says this whole town is a waste of time. Hosea has something. Big bank. A real one. A city bank. If we're going to leave, this might be the way. Dutch wakes Arthur. He thinks they're close. They just need this money. And then they can find a new home. Although he doesn't know where that might be. Arthur heads back into Saint-Denis and is introduced to the two men he saw at the party. The two Native American men. This is the chief. Rains fall. And he's with his son, Eagle Flies. They say they reveal that they were the men on the ridge watching you at the start of the game. Oh, wow. They've been with us the And then they spotted you at the party as well. He said that his people, if they're even a people anymore, fought hard, made peace treaties. These treaties were broken. They've been moved and punished, punished and moved. Now we are to be moved again. Eagle Flies says this will lead to more behavior like this and Rains Falls assures him he won't. The enemy has become strong over there. They've become weaker. They can't fight back. Arthur agrees it's a terrible business. The rumor is that our old friend Leviticus Cornwall has made a deal with the government to move the native people off their land to dig for oil in the area. This is the guy with the train right at the beginning and he came up with Valentine. Okay, okay. They ask Arthur to steal papers linking Cornwall to this decision as they can't be seen to. Arthur says he's sorry but he's not a do-gooder. They say they'll pay him handsomely. He says, how much? Eagle Flies, the son, says, they're all the same, these mercenaries. Arthur agrees. All I can think with this whole, like, high society, city booming, industrialization, is this is the prequel. How are there cowboys in the other Red Dead games if this is already seemingly the end of the age of cowboys? What a great question. Arthur, over the next few weeks, does a number of things around Saint-Denis. With Trelawney's help, they attend a riverboat casino. Well, Trelawney's here now. Yeah, he's, he always pops up. Oh, okay. um, always there when you need him. He robs, uh, they, they rob this man and they rob the safe. They escape the boat. It's a whole thing. Oh, I thought they'd learn a lesson about boats. More boats. You can also play, very good point. You can play poker in this. It's a decent poker mm-hmm. sim. Mm-hmm. I enjoy poker. I will sometimes sit for an hour and play poker in Red Dead Redemption. Not one of my prouder things to admit. Um, back at camp. 
Best girl. Best girl, City Adler and Arthur. And her one outfit. Have, have, <laughs> a, she gets another one later. It's a good outfit. They have another chat. Um, she's teasing him for being part of high society. Uh-huh. Uh, going sort of, la-dee-da. Oh, have we got a Tory over yeah. here? Arthur says that if Bill can do it, anyone can. <laughs> she, wants her, she wants him to take her robbing. <laughs> Dutch calls Arthur upstairs and they speak on the balcony of the mansion. Sadie just really wants to rob a guy. <laughs> just wants to mug someone. They're, <laughs> they're planning the robbery of the tram station. Now, I'm not sure I covered this. Um, Bronte said to you, your guests in my city, I uh, I give you permission to rob the tram station. There's always loads of money there. You're my what? guests. You're my guests. Um, you can you can do that with my blessing. That sounds suspicious. Arthur suggests that they take Lenny because he doesn't want Micah there. Lenny! Lenny! Standing on the balcony, the boys look out and Dutch says, what is that? Horrible score swells up. A horse rides into camp. There's a figure on the horse tied in place it's a headless corpse holding its own head oh. the rider moves closer and molly screams it's kieran oh patchy the beard. former o'driscoll boy who they took back in valentine his eyes are cut out it's oh. horrible that's okay that's okay wait hold on hold on <laughs> hold on that's a, who would you be worried is on the horse lenny <laughs> we like lenny okay cool okay. cool the address goes storm the house. I, I like he's got a favourite. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah, good. Which I think is even funnier because I feel like Lenny's barely popped up in this game. They all have he just side... left an impression on me. They all have side quests that I've skipped over because you're going to have to. I think you've got a solid... At this point, we've been, we've met every member of the gang, really, yeah, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Adriscos storm the house. This is their warning they've sent ahead. We see John grabbing Jack and taking him aside. The gang are pinned down bad and they all retreat into the house barring the exits. It is not looking good. Until Ms. Sadie Adler decides to charge outside with Arthur in tow. They flank, yes! they sneak around the side and flank the attackers, pushing through, driving them off. Sadie yes! and John to the rescue! As they regroup victorious, Arthur talks about Combe to Dutch. He says, That man can really hate. Dutch says, So can I, Arthur. So can I. Dutch is convinced they can still make a load of money ASAP and split. He has a plan. He tells Arthur to meet him near the trolley station. Sorry, Chase. Dutch has a plan, and I would like you to drink for that. I don't know if you need the excuse. (laughs) Chin. I don't want clinking. New drinking rule. Every time, there's a plan. Arthur meets Dutch and Lenny at the trolley station. The trolleys are just the trams for anyone in Scotland. Um, Dutch wants to buy a boat. He wants to go somewhere like Tahiti. D- Arthur says he doesn't know where that is. <laughs> Dutch says Dutch says we can start a new life there, an untouched paradise. Arthur says, who lives there? And Dutch says, uh, Tahitians, I guess. White beaches, palm trees, and some Tahitians, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> the gang rob the station. Mm. There is nothing there. Oh. No money, like money in the registers, that's it. There is nothing there. And the entirety of the law of Saint-Denis are ready for them and come descending upon them. We managed to jump onto a runaway, to, to a moving tram, and uh, a fight ensues, with Arthur hanging off the edge of the tram, shooting police as he goes by. Sorry, have any of us ever, we've all been on a tram before, right? Yeah. Well, that is a slow-ass moving car. Yeah. Why have they not stopped the trolley? Well, they're in control of it. It's just the three of them on it now. Um, it's a getaway vehicle they, um, that moves at Arthur, half a mile an hour. Arthur goes to the front. It's actually, it's actually going faster and faster. 
It's going far too fast. <laughs> and Arthur goes to the front to try and stop it with the handle. The handle's been broken. Oh, and he just, it's a very phone, he just strolls back past Dutch and goes, it's broke. <laughs> 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 and they all hold on as oh. the trolley derails, smashing uh, into a cart and landing sideways. Mm. Um, Dutch smacks his head on the floor. They barely manage to grab some horses and get out. Outside of Saint-Denis, Dutch says he knows Bronte set him up. He must have done. That's why there was so many law there and there was nothing there. We just need money. Dutch is not feeling good. As I said, he hit his head and he's feeling a bit sick. Lenny takes him back to camp. Lenny says, we can't win them all. Dutch, uh, Arthur hands out their money. It's like $10 each they get oh, from this. It's God. like, yeah. So... We, as discussed, we head back up north to help Eagle Flies rob the files from the oil refinery. Remind me, what's the what's the goal here? You get the files. So the files are basically linking Cornwall to the government's decision to, to my knowledge, linking Cornwall to the government's decision to move the native uh, people off the land. Right. And what are they going to do with that information? Because that sounds well. Because it's just that they, they yeah, it it helps their case against the against Cornwall and the government well, but they can't okay. be seen to, to steal it that's why they're so they're going to go to the government and say we know what you're doing the well, government's yeah, going to so go his, his cool father, sounds good his father is very engaged in like active kind of conversation with the local government blah 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 Eagle Flies is a lot more angry about things we'll explore that more mm-hmm. Arthur sneaks in um, and at some at one point actually is to say save Eagle Flies life uh, they leave Eagle Flies says here's your payment and he takes it but he doesn't seem particularly pleased with himself. Do, does he acknowledge that Arthur saved his life? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Back down south. Dutch has had enough with Bronte. Oh. He decides to take a few trusted men in a boat up the river to infiltrate Bronte's mansion. What have we got here? We've got Bill, Lenny, well, John and Arthur. There's there's a, a an interesting moment here where Bill rages about, you know, how he was in the army and he fought and he fought well and... Uh, there's a word on screen I won't say, but he says basically the native people were savages. Mm. Um, and Dutch says, shut your mouth, boy. The only people around here who are savages are these inbred hillbillies. Um, hey, Dutch spitting facts. Well, yeah, maybe Dutch has some feelings about 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 the plight of uh, native people. Also, are we talking civil war that Bill fought in? Uh, Bill would have... Uh, it could have been anything, I guess. Mm. Bill doesn't really say... Um, we break into the mon uh, the Monty. <laughs> we break into we break into the mansion of Monty Bronte. Bronte tries to fire a gun at the boys and it jams and he throws it at John's head <laughs> and then starts to back up apologising. It hits his head and it makes a very empty hollow <laughs> sound. It might help him. <laughs> yeah. um, he says, "Every man has a price. Please, please." And they grab him, knock him out, take him back to the boat. On the boat. Dutch turns to Bronte and says, hey, big man, we're going to ransom you or what? Bronte says, you're pathetic. And he says, oh, I am. Because from where you, for I'm sitting, you're the one deserving a pity, my friend. All your men, all your money, it weren't a bat match for a bunch of bumpkins. Hmm. Bronte says, you're nothing to me. I run a city. And when the law catch up to you, you'll die like nothing. I am this country. You are everything people are running away from. Dutch says, I possess things you will never understand. And Bronte says, you don't even possess your men. And he turns to the rest of the boat and says, a thousand dollars to the man who kills him and sets me free. Silence. 
Bill, oh. I swear to God. Pan round every man on the boat. Not a flinch. Not a flicker. Not even a suggestion. We move yeah. back to Dutch. And he says, what are you going to say now? <laughs> and Bronte says, the dogs are coming for you. And Dutch says, they're good at smelling filth. So filth has got to be disposed of. The string music swells uncomfortably and Dutch grabs Bronte's head and holds it under the water over the side of the boat. He snapped, screaming about the Pinkertons. You repulsive little maggot! You call them now! <laughs> As Bronte goes still, dead, Dutch throws him to the alligators over the side. Oh, God, it's brutal. Oh. John, John asks, Jesus, Dutch, what part of your philosophy books cover feeding a fella to a goddamn alligator? And Dutch says, the part that covers weakness. Oh. It's us or him. I figure it might as well be him. It's time for one last job. Part two. Um, the gang ride into San Denis, ready to rob the national bank that Hosea was telling us about. And they're all geared up and ready to go. They corral the customers, classic, making their way into the vault. Did they bring, what's her name? Karen. No. Sadie, Sadie, Sadie. Adler. Uh, no. She just wanted to do a robbery. Yeah. No, she didn't Sadie's get this. Sadie's not here. Boo! Yeah, she wanted right. to do a robbery. She'll get her moment in the sun. Don't worry. Uh, Arthur starts to crack the safes as shouts come out from the front. Looks like the law. There is a lot of money in here. Gold money. They take what they can and make to leave. Milton has assembled an army of lawmen outside. Milton's the Pinkerton. Yeah. He has Hosea at gunpoint. His oh, dad. No, gay dad. He screams at you to get out. Dutch says that he thinks someone must have squealed. There has to be a rat. How did they get here so fast? Dutch tells Milton to let Hosea go. There's a bit of desperation creeping into his voice. Hosea's his oldest friend. Milton says, no more bargains, no more deal. And Dutch replies, Mr. Milton, this is America. You can always cut a deal. <laughs> and Milton responds, I've given you enough chances. He pushes Hosea into the, into the street as Dutch watches on and shoots him dead. <gasps> no! Milton responds, there's your deal, Dutch. Oh, he's such a bastard. Oh, God, I hate him. The camera pulls in on Dutch's face as he realizes his oldest and best friend is dead. Mm. The place explodes around them as the Pinkertons open fire, glass and bullets flying through the air around us. Arthur manages to find his way onto the roof of a neighboring building and leads the gang up. Dutch tells him that John has been arrested. There was nothing he could do. Uh, Arthur suggests that he and Lenny try and find a way across the rooftops. Men are still all over the street shooting up at us. So Lenny and Arthur, assassins creep their way off a couple of uh, rooftops <laughs> over the next building. Lenny in front. As Arthur watches helplessly, two Pinkertons emerge and shoot Lenny dead. No! Arthur kills the hell out of them. Yes, absolutely. Shoot them, shoot them again, shoot them three times, and then shoot them until your chamber's empty. Wait, so hold on. John arrested, Hosea dead, Lenny dead. Sean dead. Yeah. John dead. Sean, oh, Sean, Sean dead earlier, yeah, yeah. We've now lost four gang members, but three of them were during this. Dutch, upon learning Lenny has died as well, screams. Oh, God, no. They have to leave his body as they flee. The gang managed to find an abandoned building to cower in. They can't go back to camp now as they'll be followed. Dutch has a plan. Drink. <laughs> Clink on me. <laughs> they wait till night, sneak onto the docks, and they're going to get on a boat until things calm down in a few weeks. 
We've never seen it go bad in a boat. It's no. only once it's gone bad in a boat. Once, we way back that. when, way back when. And this will be fine on this boat. Yeah. Arthur says he agrees. They either die out there right now, or we go ahead with uh, Dutch's plan. Night falls, and Micah, Bill, Arthur, Javier, and Dutch stow away on a large ship, leaving the dogs. Why are we leaving all the be- or the worst gang members alive? They might not know where they're heading, but they're alive, with pockets stuffed with gold. <laughs> Going to Tahiti. Yeah. Uh, Arthur asks, is this boat by any chance heading to Tahiti? <laughs> Who knows? Dutch sweet talks the captain, a New Englander from the Cape, a good man. He pays them off, ensuring they can stay safely on board. It's great, actually, the scene. Dutch sees a crew member walking past and goes, Hello, sir! We're stowaways! Can I speak to the captain? And like, um... He finds out the ship is headed to Cuba for a few days. It's going to dock off, drop up some stuff. They can stay there for a couple of weeks and get a boat back. Fab. The boys are standing at the side of the boat talking when Micah interrupts. I'm a sailor. That cloud looked like good news to you. <laughs> Cut to later that night. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest storm you've ever seen battering the boat. The boat is on fire. It's <laughs> sinking. Um, Arthur manages to fight his way up onto deck. And it's not very clear from this that that blackness is the sea. And he sees that the other three have managed to make it onto a raft, thinking that he was dead. And they're screaming. They now see him and they're screaming back up after him. Arthur! And they disappear into the distance of the ocean. Arthur takes his chances and jumps into the sea. Well. If this was a former, uh, I've written here, if this was another Rockstar game, we'd be dead at this point as soon as we touch the water. (laughs) Arthur wakes up on a beach coughing his lungs up very badly. He stumbles to his feet and looks around his strange and new tropical surroundings, the searing sunlight burning the skin on his face and bare feet. New music plays as Arthur stumbles towards the next beach and we fade out to see Chapter 5, Guarma. And he goes, is this Tahiti? (laughs) Chapter 5, Guarma? I saw I saw the title of this in the script earlier, and I just thought it oh, said Grandma. You? It's the writing again. It's the handwriting. Yeah. Arthur staggers around the beach until he sees smoke from a fire. It's Dutch, Micah, Bill, and Javier. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so they all made it? They're all safe? They all made it. How Dutch, Micah, convenient. Bill, Javier. Yeah. Well, they were on a raft, to be mm-hmm. fair. Um, and they just happened to all wash up in the same place? Well, they must have been close, I guess. Dutch, Javier, and two... Oh, I, I thought you would comment right away at Dutch's appearance. I mean... He's gone all droopy and uh, and waterlogged. A bit rough around the edges, but how yeah. long has it been? Uh, I don't know, a day, I guess. Eh. I mean, look, chuck you into the ocean and see how you step just, up. I'm not going to lie, chuck some sea water. He's kind of looking like a pirate there. He does. Oh, no, sorry. Is that what you were you're oh, leading to? No, yes, no, absolutely. That's a very good point. Pirates, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Let's find some buried treasure. Uh, Dutch says it's a, a miracle that Arthur's alive. You can see their skin's all burnt and cracked and... It's not fun. Fun fact. Uh, so did you know, everybody knows commonly that amongst pirates there were many uh, women captains. Um, but yes. did you know that typically aboard, aboard the, the voyages there, um, it was, the, 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 you know, the, the idea that uh, many women captains pretended to be men. Um, no, their crew is new. Straight up new. They didn't hide it from the men. They only hid it from the authorities. They, so generally amongst the pirate community, just hat off, hair down. I'm a lady, lads. Don't worry about it. And all the pirates went, sure, chin, chin. No worries. Anyway, Dutch says it's a miracle. He says they're on a sugar plantation island named Guarma. Arthur asks him if it's near Tahiti. 
<laughs> he says he guesses it's on the way. <laughs> Arthur says, what next? And suddenly, the gang are surrounded by local soldiers. And he says, well, I guess next we're all going to get shot. Now, important. Chapter 5 is the shortest chapter in the game, and it's also the chapter I'm mostly going to skip over. Yeah. Um, it's not awful. Listen, like cowboys in a Caribbean island, that's a fun concept. They do some cool stuff. It's just the weakest chapter. Um, and as I said, this is the longest script we've done, and I'm conscious of that. Um, upon arrival to Guarma, the gang discovers the island is in the midst of revolution. The local population is oppressed by a brutal sugar plantation owner called Colonel Fusar, who's supported by a powerful military presence. Fusar was also one of the guests at the mayor's house that I didn't point oh, out. Oh, that's fun. Okay. The gang becomes involved with the conflict and aligns themselves with a group of local rebels fighting against Fusar's tyranny. Needless to say, Cornwall has money tied up in the plantation business here. Of course here, it does. And by extension, repression of the local people. Mm. Where, where doesn't it? Yes, because oppression is always profitable. It's a vicious fight for freedom, and Arthur is pushed to his limits and forced to think about his place in the gang. And Gr Dutch is kind of going more and more angry with every moment. He's angry with the world, he's angry with the situation, and he starts to tell Arthur that he's being a doubter. You're doubting my plans, you're always questioning me. He's always got a plan. Now, my for me, the most key moment in... Uh, Guarma happens here. At one point, Dutch has found an old lady to be a guide into an enemy camp. She's going to lead them through a series of caves and up a ladder. She is quite creepy. Eh? Um, Just a woman. The gold is gone. The gold they stole from the bank is at the bottom of the ocean, bar a couple of little bits they have on them. Cool. So, the old woman is paid in gold uh, as she leads them through the caves and up to the secret entrance to the camp. She's talking to herself, and when they get to the ladder, she attempts to extort more money out of them. As in, sort of, oh, I need a little bit more just to get this bit. Mm. Dutch snaps. Dutch strangles the woman, bashing her head against the ladder until she's dead. I don't I like Dutch anymore. Arthur's in disbelief. He says, what was that? And Dutch says it was a horrible old crone. Dutch then tells Arthur that he understands a bit of Spanish and he could hear the woman talking about how she was going to betray them. He was doing it to help them survive, whatever it takes. I don't believe he speaks Spanish. Moments later, Dutch slips up and reveals that he doesn't actually speak Spanish. Uh, Arthur questions this and he says, yeah, but I, I can read people. I know people. I knew what she was going to do. People. It's part of his plan. He's been great at that so far. Every person he's come across, he's very much understood the situation, the scenario. Like Bronte, when they walked into his office, into his mansion, he was like, this is how to play this, lads. What I'm hearing Correct is, from is, the get -go. is that he's a great confidence man. Well, maybe. No, he's a great a leader. And you are you sound like a fucking doubter. That's what you sound like. <laughs> I like that theory, Chase. Arthur replies, maybe it's just that we've all gone rotten. Oh, great Which I really one. like. The boys finally, skipping over to the end of this bit, the boys finally manage to help the local rebels fight off the advancing Spanish fleet, earning themselves a ride on a ship back to the old US of A. Hey, uh, USA, USA. On the ship, Micah wants to go back to Blackwater to pick up the money. Dutch says it's not yet time. Arthur says their luck has turned and isn't turning back. Dutch says, I haven't even played my hand yet. They just need money and a plan. Drink. 
Javier says it's not sure he what is what he signed up for and all this crazy stuff. Dutch says he won't apologize for what he had to do for the group. It's who he is. Does anyone disagree? There's a long pause and nobody replies. Mm. Dutch walks away. Fade in on Arthur. By the way, we've skipped over about four hours of gameplay there. Yes, fantastic. Fade in on Arthur arriving back on the mainland at the Van Horn trading post. As he steps off the boat, he has to stop with a coughing fit. He's been coughing badly. He's pretty beat up. He heads back to Shady Bell to see if the gang are still there, but the place is understandably abandoned. He finds a coded letter written by Sadie. I do so hope you enjoyed your vacation. Lucky you, leaving like that. (laughs) (laughs) And you always suggested you were too old for travel. (laughs) I hope you and your cousins enjoyed yourselves. Me and your grandnieces have decided to take a trip of our own as this place has become so dreary and godforsaken in your absence. We've gone to visit relatives from my daddy's side. You are not yet acquainted with them in La Caye, a small village, a small village just north of Saint Denis. Arthur rides to La Caye, a small collection of buildings in a swamp. He's greeted by the gang, who are overjoyed to see him alive. Hey. Arthur, uh, uncle is sleeping. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I can't wait. Sorry, just in the in the absolute chaos that has just happened of like dead gang members, John arrested, cast away to bloody Guarma. Uncle has somehow survived all of this. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's a parasite. It's because he's, <laughs> he's a It's because he's the strongest one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, that guy seems some shit. He was, he was, what was he saying to go Arthur? He's, he was yeah. a lad back in the day, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, Sadie has been leading the group while the boys were away. Oh, legend. She's the one who got them safely away after the disaster in Saint Denis. She and Charles managed to drive away the bandits that were inhabiting Le Quay, ensuring they were all safe. She should replace uh, Dutch. She tells you John is indeed in prison on the prison island of Sisica. Next to arrive is Dutch. The pirate. <laughs> yeah, he's looking, he's looking very pirate. He's looking a little pirate. He's in his pirate era. Yeah, the gang are... Pirate as hell. The gang are, de- are still delighted to see him. Last to arrive, Mike is already here by the way, last to arrive, arrive is Bill. Who's saying, I've been looking around all day, I asked everyone I could ask, I could find where you were. Um... <laughs> uh, and they all tell him to shut up and sit down after <laughs> uh, after he tells uh, Sadie to go and get him a drink. Ugh, um, ugh. Yeah. Sadie doesn't get him a drink. Uh, Sadie tells him to. Fuck yeah, up. good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, a few moments later, they're all chilling. Who turns up outside? Five minutes. Pinky after they boys. Arrive. You called it before we even pushed the thing. Yeah, absolutely. Of course yeah. they are with their Gatling gun. Yep. Yeah. Uh, what? Oh, no, no. Yeah, absolutely, t- Chase. By this point, these existed, as did howitzer guns. Oh, I do know yeah. that they did. I'm just surprised that a detective oh. agency... Oh, no, these are like, like again, these are like FBI. Yeah. Or like, you know, like... So They're just the scum of the earth. Milton says, we'll give him to the count of five to come out. And then he turns to Ross and says, ah, forget the count, just open fire. Oh, dear. Um, the, uh, the building around them explodes. I mean, it's like proper, like the last scene in Breaking Bad. Like mm. it's just mowing through the building. They all drop to the floor. Um, they uh, uh, they crawl out. Once again, Sadie and John save the day. They Yay. flank the others. They manage to get... Uh, sorry, oh, sorry, Sadie and Arthur. Arthur. Mm. They manage to get Arthur up on the Gatling gun. He chases off the Pinkertons. But when he dismounts, he almost collapses. He's, he's coughing again and he's not doing good. Um... 
Dutch says that it's not time to go and rescue John yet. It doesn't form part of his plan right now. And they say, but they're talking about hanging him. He's like, I know, I won't let that happen. But like, it's not time yet. I'm uh, sorry. I'm sorry. Who, who said that? Dutch. Did he say plan? Yeah. Oh, I missed that. Sorry, Drink. He, he said it wasn't part of his plan. Oh, well, very good, very good. He still yeah. got it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Arthur finds Dutch outside. He's talking about um, he hasn't played his hand. He's got one more chess move to go. I'm sitting here contemplating the movements of the sun. <laughs> okay. He rants about the depressing millionaire of Le- Leviticus Cornwall. I just, I, okay, so I, Red Dead 2, I don't remember Leviticus Cornwall, and he's popped up so much oh, in a, this in this. He's definitely a main antagonist. Oh, I, I, I agree. It sounds like yeah. it. Clearly, I've just erased him from my memory. You know who I'm wondering about that mm. we have not seen in a while? Fucking O'Donnelly, and who's just been... S- O'Driscoll? Sh- sure. <laughs> Who's just done nothing and sat in the background? They were so... Yeah, 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 yeah. So... <laughs> so much game. Like, I feel like Leviticus is meant to be our big bad of the game, but I honestly can't tell. Arthur heads back to Saint-Denis. Cool. This is a side thing, but I'm going to cover it because I think That's it's really good. important. Arthur finds a, a brother, a religious brother, in a, in a sort of habit outside of the, uh, the sort of very poor part of town, the sort of slums of Saint-Denis. He asks him for a donation. Arthur gives it to him. And he says, oh, you're a good man. And Arthur goes, no, I'm not a good man. I'm better. <laughs> and he tells Arthur that he thinks there are some uh, some undocumented immigrants who are being enslaved in a basement nearby. Oh, what? Very quickly, um, Arthur arrives in the basement. He kills the shopkeeper. He rescues them. He brings them to Brother Dorkins, who's going to take them somewhere safe. Yes. He, later meets, uh, he later meets a nun, a sister of their group as well. Um, who uh, has a, a necklace stolen by a little boy. He is very kind to the little boy, Arthur, brings it back to her, and she says, oh, you're a good man, Arthur, you're a good man. He goes, no, I'm not a good man, I'm a bad I'm man. A <laughs> I'm a nasty boy, and I don't deserve any nice things. Mary took me to the theatre, and I, I booed, and now I feel, <laughs> now I feel bad. <laughs> As he should. <laughs> don't talk in the theatre. Unless it's a panto, that's okay. Arthur, Arthur writes in his diary, My lord, what a goddamn mess. Everything. I'm not sure what happens next. Whole thing's been hard on all of us. Most of all Dutch, who seems half crazed by all we've gone through. They chat some more, Arthur and Dutch. Arthur asks Dutch, what's our move here? Dutch turns to him and says, you sound like Hosea. I miss him. No. Do you have my back? And he says, always Dutch, but there's more than your back at stake. I seen you killing folk in cold blood like you always taught me not to. Dutch ignores this flat out and tells Arthur there's land up in Roanoke Ridge he believes they can hold as their new base. This is a oh, Roanoke is never a good place to go. Um, that's that's asking for trouble. <laughs> there's ghosts there. Oh, is there? Yeah, that's like oh. a whole haunted colony. Is it? Is it? So, so very quickly, ghosts of Native American people? No, 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 no. Roanoke, Virginia was... I forget it was like the first American colony, but it was one of the first... Um, was that the island? It was the island, and, and, and they, they all came, went missing. Well, they, they they left a bunch of people there. They went away to get supplies, and they came back. And everybody's gone. No signs. Oh wow! There are a lot that. of a lot of theories. I think there's a lot of theories. I'm not. Pos- I don't fully remember all of them, but mm. yeah, just a bunch of people disappeared. Jeez. Um, and it's now haunted, and they found a bunch of symbols carved in the trees and stuff. And they're like, what happened? So this is shrug. This, this is maybe named for it. Um, this is a ridge up north. 
uh, a very woody area. He sends, as always, Charles and Arthur to go and have a look. He and Micah need to stay here to have some thinking. Well, we do like some, Charles, right? Do some reconnaissance. Yeah, but it's just yeah. we're always doing the work together. Yeah, but it's like Charles has been pretty level-headed through all Charles is all nothing but dependable. Yeah, cool. Charles is He's not a Bill or a Micah. No. Right, okay. Um, I'm not saying anything bad about anyone. Yeah. Dutch says he just needs time and no traitors. We head up to Butcher's Creek up in Roanoke Ridge. This is a depressing place, man. This is like dark forests. Uh, it's creepy. All the locals are sort of hiding from you. And they arrive at this place, Butcher's Creek. It's a cave in the forest. It's home. I haven't covered most of the gangs because it's not that important. This is home to arguably the worst group of people in the game. The Murphy Brood. They're like hills have eyes creeps Rude. yeah they they hole up in a cave with members discussing who's going to get to skin their next victim Ugh. arthur and charles skin their way through the <laughs> arthur that's not what you wrote arthur and charles stealth kill their way through the cave <laughs> until they're noticed members of the brood come at you screaming and running with machetes out and they're one of the only weapons that can one kill you as well if they get to you they kill you so you're kind of in the cave, like, trying to shoot them all off desperately. In the cave, they discover Murphy's, the Murphy's latest victim, a local woman who's been held in a cage for days. Clear the worst things you could ever imagine have happened to her, and she cowers from Charles and Arthur. They tell her she's safe now, and she weeps in Arthur's arms as he takes her from this god-awful hellhole. He takes her back down the hill to Annisburg, the local time, town. Annisburg is... Uh, I'm sorry, is that a, a person tied yeah, up? Lots of people being tied up. Oh, lots of that. Uh, yeah. That's a dead body, yeah. Um, Annisburg is... I mean, it's given me Roanoke theories. <laughs> <laughs> it's given me the... No, clearly, I think maybe they're playing with it. Annis yeah. Annisburg ties in to the theme of this chapter, upcoming chapter. It is a mining town. It is very depressing. Mm -hmm. It's a black street, grey walls. There's a mine spewing out bile. And the only houses there are the houses of the people that work in the mine. As far as settlements go, I remember this is the one where it's like, I, I, I like to go back to Valentine yeah, or yeah. even you Rose, you know, you don't, don't want to go there. There's no saloon. There's no, it's just yeah. sad. He rides her back down, down to her town and her mother greets her crying. She can't believe that she's still alive. Mm. She offers Arthur money as a reward. But he refuses, knowing they need it more than him. He didn't save her for a reward. Mm. While returning to his horse, Arthur sees a familiar face. Mrs. Downs. Mr. Oh! Uh, Mrs. Downs. The person he was stealing money. Yes, beat, his, beat him within his, his life and then his, he died later. His, his widow. Mm. She looks unkempt and thin, and when she sees Arthur, she screams at him to leave her alone. It's clear from an interaction she's having with a local man that she's reluctantly engaging in sex work to support herself. Ugh. Arthur returns to the creek where the gang are setting up their ever smaller camp. Dutch tells Arthur that he and Micah have tracked Cornwall down. He's actually buying the mine in Annisburg. Uncle appears with a drunken Molly, Dutch's girlfriend, who's been trying to speak to us all game, trying mm. to speak to Dutch all game. He found her drunk in Saint-Denis. She's rambling at Dutch, calling him a sack of shit, and the good Lord Almighty himself mockingly bowing to him. Dutch says, calm down, please calm down. And then that's when Molly says, Mr. Milton and Mr. Ross, I talked, I told them, I won't be ignored any longer about Dutch Vanderlyn. And I'm not him, I'm not her, any of your stooges. I don't owe you anything. I'll spit in your eye, and that's why I told them, and I would tell them again. <gasps> now I've got God's ear. 
Okay. Molly was the traitor. She said, I told them about the bank robbery and I wanted to kill you. I wanted them to kill you. Dutch pulls a pistol and says, you did what? And she says, I loved you, you goddamn bastard. Shoot me, go on. And Arthur's in, in Dutch's ear, hand at his chest, and he says, she's not worth it. She's crazy. Just leave it. She's not in her right mind. And she said, he says, you, you betrayed me. And Molly says, you're not so big anymore, are you? Arthur says, quiet, to Molly. And he says, Dutch, just calm down. And Dutch can't work out why Arthur's trying to calm him down. And he says, she's a fool. Get her out of here. Dutch says, you know the rules. And there's a hesitation. A shotgun blast goes off, blowing Molly away. And the camera pans round to show Susan Grimshaw. She says, Mr. Morgan, what's wrong with you? She knew the rules. Pearson, Williamson, get the body out of here and get it burnt. Bill says, okay. And Susan says, get back to work. Quit your lollygagging. So we're going to take a little break here. Uh, and we're going to come back uh, after that with the end of the game. What, what, what are our thoughts? Yeah, Chase, I want to ask you, because I, I've okay. been reminded a lot of good stuff here, but... um, I'm really confused. We are now currently... Let's call it after cuts four hours in. Many hours. You ago. have told us... You've told me that this is a six-chapter game, and yep. this is where we're cutting. Yep. yep. How long is this chapter... Okay, so I, I, I will add to that and not give anything away. What I will say is that as I'm following Neil, I'm going, this hasn't happened yet? This hasn't happened yet? Holy crap, chapter six is wild. <laughs> it is, like, non-stop yeah. from what I remember, also, if this is what we've got. I'm trying to figure out what the plot of the next game is going to be, or well, I suppose the previous, because I doubt Dutch is going to survive this. I do not think that we Why? Well, what's your what's your thought there about Because that? it's classic narrative plot lines. This is going to be th- that classic trope where we go back and it's this like guy had been mentioned so many times in the first game and suddenly we we do the prequel and we get to meet him. I hate the prequel's named too, but oh well. Yeah, that's that's also <laughs> Call it fair. Red Dead Zero. That's yeah. fair. I'm not sure they were ever planning on making another one at the time, but yeah. Um yeah. Yeah, no, I, I have no thoughts. I love this game. I've had a lot of lovely reminders going through this of like, oh, this character's great and this bit's great. And this like, is what happens when you ask me to take the chair. You get something a lot more depressing. Yeah, oh, okay, right. so thank you, Neil. Uh, we're going to finish up here. Yeah, we did not plan for this to be a two-parter, but this game is a Ulyssian epic. It is Bye-bye. humongous. So we're just going to call it a two-parter, and uh, in the pinned comment will be a little announcement of when to expect the next episode. It's not going to be a month from now. That's my promise. Um, but yeah, so uh, we will see you in the next one and have a lovely day. Bye. Bye-bye. Love you.